You've tuned in to another episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast, hosted by Sam, Matt, and Neil. Put your feet up and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to episode 99 of the Adeptus Terror podcast. I'm nine, Matt. Nine. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. I am 99 Neil. 99 Neil. 99 Neil. That sounds like a weird German. Porno. I am. Yeah, I was a little bit worried. <laughs> was a perfect intro <laughs> and you ruined it. <laughs> ruined it with his laughter. <laughs> so it wasn't me this time. It wasn't. I don't know why it does it. Like, it shouldn't peak that much. Oh, maybe I'll turn a loud boy. Input down. I, I, anyway, whatever. We'll leave it in. We'll, we'll leave it in until we'll we get it, it again, I suppose. Um, yeah, welcome to the episode. We're nearly there. One more step to the elusive episode 100. Um, and we've got some things to talk about as usual. So before we get into our news from Terra, uh, the next hobby hangout is technically the last Sunday of February, probably the 26th is my guess. Um, the Facebook event, I'm sure, exists. <laughs> it's, it doesn't it, right now, but it event. will. It will. <laughs> it's, it's, it is your event. Yes, it is my one. I just haven't done it. <laughs> it's the yeah, 26th of February. Yeah. And then the one after that will be the 26th of March. The last Sunday in March. Um, I think we've mentioned this before, but just in case, we have slightly adjusted our hangout times yep. to be from 8pm um, rather than the half seven start. This seems to be a little bit better for us as hosts, but also people who join. Um, so yeah, we've made that slight adjustment 8pm onwards on the 26th of Feb, if you're listening to this on like exact release, uh, but definitely the 26th of March. Come and join us. Tends to be a uh, Facebook room. Are they called rooms? I yeah, forget what they're all called. Um, but yeah, we tend to be on that. We post the link at um, most places online. Um, come and hang out. They're, they're always good fun. And lastly, before we go into our first segment, our final segment. Our final segment is going to be a Would You Rather 40K edition. Something fun. Would you rather be Why? locked in a room with a Sineshi Demonette or Commissar yes. Yarek? Yes. Ooh. Both. Yes. Ooh. Both. 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 At the same time. At the same time, yes. <laughs> Why, Matt? Why have you Dep- done this? <laughs> Why? Why? Is that in there? Is that in no, there? that one's no. not in there. Okay. No, no, no. That's Why is it not in there? We'll do that later. Oh, wait. So I, there are 15 okay. that we're going to work through. And if we've got time and we feel up for it, we can make our own after that. Sure. But... Originally, I was just going to leave it up to us, just round robin, and then I thought I can't trust Sam. <laughs> Mind so me? You're worried about <laughs> Sam? Yes, I am. Would you rather be Khan attached to the front of a, a land raider, yeah, with a spear, or Khan when he has to go and tell Angron that he's he's not allowed to have <laughs> any dessert tonight? Uh, I'd, on the on the tank, <laughs> on the tank. <laughs> in, in being impaled. Yeah, that in, that in, short story of him just getting slapped about by Angron when he joins the Legion. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Just pa- impale me to a tank. I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, two seconds. I just want to try something. So uh, before we get to our silly questions and a bit of fun together, we're gonna get into our news from Terra. So as always, we start with Sprue Corner. Um, anyone want to jump in first? No. 
<laughs> so I, is that you jumping in first? That's me jumping in first. Yes. <laughs> Nothing. Right. So, moving on. So most of my hobby progress for this month is is kind of residing in painting. Cool. Over building. So the only thing I think I built was I built one rider for a jet bike that I fully painted the jet bike and then realised oh yeah there was no rider. Um, so that was a fun one. Was he painted purple so he was invisible? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I built him out of bits and pieces. Um, and then uh, I get I decided to have him as a... He's not holding the steering wheel. He's got a grenade in one hand oh, and no. a, a chainsaw in the other because I know it winds matter. Yeah, I, oh. yeah, yeah, now he knows. So I built him. And then um, I've got a bit of a complaint about plastic glue. Yes, do tell. So I used <laughs> plastic glue to build my... Um, Alpha Legion boarding board. What are they called? Breaches. There we go. Yep. It's called Border Force. <laughs> kind of. Kind of the Border Force. Kind of. <laughs> they could so, be if they're on a border. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I built my. I used plastic glue to build my um, plastic breaches, and um, I noticed a few like shoulder pads kept falling off or not not sticking on properly. Or I dropped one and the shoulder pad pinged off. But I would expect it to not because of yeah. Like when, I would have thought it would have been better. When you glued it, did you put glue on both surfaces or just on the shoulder and had the shoulder pad slapped on top? I'm normally a one surface yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, that's a super glue method. That is a super glue method. Plastic glue, you do both sides because it then melts both sides. Oh. And then Making the bond that. stronger. They bond stronger. Okay. Hence, when you glued uh, Marines to their bases, you put a spot of glue on their foot, put it down, and add more glue and put it down again, and it will bond. When you say you do, yeah, that, yeah, you mean yeah. you should do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Learn that. Didn't know that. So I will improve that. Um. And I was just going to smack talk plastic glue for a little bit, but oh, yeah, yeah. clearly it's a user. Don't error. worry. Don't worry. We got Woodward. Would you rather coming up later? Don't worry. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I only really built the jet the jet bike rider. Everything else pretty much was built by the time we last recorded. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, for me, I have had a bit of a building month, actually. Wow. Um, so I built my second Rhino, cool. which mm-hmm. was as fun as the first one. It was of fun. Course. Um, and I built up a 10-man breacher squad. So I've had a 10-man um, Mark III squad that were like an eBay save from like right. two years ago. That have just sat in a box like, oh, I need to strip them. I need to tidy them up. They've looked like they've been rolled in like someone's beard trimmings there's so many hairs stuck to them like you know like i don't know if you've ever accidentally got you know when you get like dust or a little bit of hair on a model and you go you just see that little oh god no do you think it's flock you know the old school flock no because they're like on they're on black plastic bases they were just put on bases Everyone yeah. heard. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Normally, your um, microphone picks up like an ant scratching yeah, his yeah. ass. So I was a bit surprised. Um, but yeah, like just awful, right? Yeah, so yeah. I've been like, well, until I really need them, I don't want to have to deal with. It. That's a lot of effort. <laughs> it was, but they cost me six pounds off of eBay. So you bought them this month? No, no, I've had them for like two years. Six, oh right, six, six, six for ten for breaches. breaches. No, no, I've just had them waiting for a unit. Uh, but okay. I need uh, 10 okay. breaches for my ultramarines yeah, yeah. for my tank company and um, I was like oh well rather than pay the kind of prices that we're looking at at the moment and even like eBay and stuff's really hard to get cheap deals mm. so I was like oh maybe this is the time 
So I got them out, broke off all the bolters, cleaned them up, etc., etc. How did was, you clean them up? Like with bleach? Uh, I just stuck them in a tub of um, whatever the liquid is. What's it called? Dettol. Yeah. Oh, you oh, strip it. Yeah. No, not the dreaded Dettol. Uh, they weren't in for very long. And like, so they, they were... Right. Models of Dettol for like so a that, week to so, Yeah. <laughs> so they smell. were like, they were like black. So they weren't fully painted. Right. Yeah, yeah. But they were just really thick black. So I was really? like, I need to take that off. Put them in, left them for a while, came back. I'm quite impatient. So they came out probably a bit too early. Yeah. Got most of the black off. They're yellow underneath. Don't know why. As in yellow paint or yellow yes. plastic? No, no, yellow paint. Okay. Because in, in areas you can see the plastic where it got through that second layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of them look like you could put them down and go, they're really badly painted Imperial Fists. Oh, and I'm so like, what? Did, did, you, did you buy them from Ben? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> he doesn't listen, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah. But yeah, but like I was blown away that they basically went from badly covered black models to a thinner coat of yellow. Like like Imperial Fist yellow. Yellow. No details, again, just like they'd been sprayed yellow and then sprayed black, but the black must have been either someone else did it or just a thicker, like it was really thick. So I've got it back to a point where there's details. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's crazy. Anyway, I got some 3D printed um, shields and uh, alternative Volkite chargers done by uh, Simon for me. Uh-huh. What does his Volkite chargers look like? Because I, um, I just panic bought them from Forge World. Yeah, they're, they're a bit bigger. I'd say they're more like calivers, mm-hmm. um, which is the so chargers are like the non-pistol. Yeah. Then there's calivers, which are a bit more rifle-like. Mm. And then you've got culverins, which are obviously the big, heavy, chunky yeah, yeah. boys. So yeah, they're a little bit bigger, but with the shields, it kind of it looks fine. Like they and they've got a kind of a different front that I quite like actually. Mm. It's got like a bit like um, was it the Grey Knights flamers? You know, that rather than the normal standard marine flamer, they have kind of a lip on the front, and they're kind of a bit more baroque, shall we say? Mm, baroque, yes. Um, not sure about the lip on the yeah front, they kind of like go to a point or so, I can't remember exactly without looking at one but oh yeah I remember a fancy yeah, flamer yeah, yeah. Like, okay. it's, it's a flamer but it's a little bit fancier they they look like that okay um, so yeah so I'm quite happy with those so, um, his, his shields the, the ones I had they they ended up painting up beautifully yeah I mean when I saw yours in the unpainted form I was like they're great so mm. I asked him for 10 mm. which he squeezed on I think he was printing some for someone else so he squeeze an extra 10 onto the sprue for me mm. which i was very appreciative of so i got all those bits took off the bolters after stripping them and everything um put on the the shields and the volkites now yes you should paint these things before you put them together nah but i'm oh actually i did yes yeah, yeah i know you, you did yeah that. certainly the uh, shields other right? than the guns actually i i no, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm legit. Like, f- fully, that's what I would have done. But one, I had a game, which we will talk about, and I needed them for that. So that was kind of a time constraint. But also, they aren't in the best quality, the models, right? There is still paint on them. Mm-hmm. I should probably strip them again. Da, 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 da. Like, I should probably. We're gonna, we're normally, gonna, those shields <laughs> hide a bunch of the model. <laughs> that they'll get black 
because I'll make sure that's really thorough and then yeah. I don't really need to do too much else to those areas. And the bits that you can see, I will spend time on and they'll look fine. They'll, they'll fit and they'll be absolutely that's, fine. That's but you'll worst. know. You'll know. I, do you know what? I don't care. All, I honestly don't care. <laughs> All of mine under the shield. Just pick paint. up any of my tanks. They're basic blue, but just the dark blue. There's no other color to them. There's no shading. There's no nothing. They're just blue, which is better than I used to do. They used to just be black. <laughs> under my shields. So behind my shields is fully painted. Like I painted it all first, then glued the shields yeah. on afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the back of the shields, not painted at all. Well, so yeah. <laughs> so, but when, I, I think that's fine. Yeah, well, fine. so for my um, breaches that have the power swords, they have a special name now. Um, they always did, but they're in the rule book with their special name now, and right. I always forget. But they're ultramarine breaches with breach shield sword. And I got the Forge World upgrade pack, so I wanted to make sure they were painted as best as I can. Mm-hmm. So they were all painted separately. The Suzerain's all painted separately. Here's a 10-man troop choice that are going to sit in a tank and only really come out to grab an objective last game, shoot their Volkite once. That's why I like never that's finished... That's their goal. That's why I never finished basing one of my tax squads. Like, one of yeah. them wasn't based <laughs> at all. And I was like, well, he's never come out. And actually, he's never come out yeah, of yeah, the yeah. tank. So yeah. it gets to the point where, actually, there was a story someone told me about a guy who went to an event who had a building and had a 10-man last cannon squad inside the building and basically didn't have the 10-man last cannon squad. He was just like, they're in there. Um, it was like, they're never coming out. They're never coming out. They're always going to be in that building. So he's like, why bother? Because you need to measure to a base. <laughs> well, no, because if they're in the build, like they they were inside a fortification. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like but inside you can a... destroy a fortification and then they yeah. have to get out. Yeah, yeah. But his, his whole <clears> thing was, nobody's ever destroyed it. So what's the point in owning Interesting. it? Interesting. I was like, I mean, that's kind of like I, really I don't smart, agree. No, but, it's not. I don't agree at all. But no, my my luck, someone, like if that was me, I was playing him, my only objective would be to blow that fortification. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I would not play the mission. Certainly whatsoever. the second or third time if you were like local, you know, and you knew that person, you'd be like, I'm going to do that just so he has to now kill 10 las cannons rather yeah. than go, oh, five died in the rubble. I've still got a five-man squad. Yeah. If you can't put that five-man squad on the table, they're all dead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, risky maneuver, I guess, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so uh, I put them all together. They look, uh, really good. I'm really happy with them. Um, I, I played them in my game that we will get to. Um, and yeah, the big thing that I kind of realized in Sprue Corner, as I was looking at my models, one of the things I did that kind of fits doesn't in building is we had, um, a friend of ours, foster son come and stay for a weekend and he stayed in my hobby room. So I had to tidy everything away, pack it all away because didn't want him grabbing the airbrush or mm-hmm. whatever else. Then I was resetting up my hobby room and it was a glorious time where there was no washing, no a suitcase in the corner, like it'd been cleared, right? So I got all my models out. I've um, cleaned all my cabinets, put all my uh, my two legions out in the cabinets and I could see where I'm at with both projects and... It really made me realize that I've been bouncing across both legions all this edition. Like, I've built two rhinos for my ultramarines and a Volkite breacher squad. But, like, last month I built the um, champion character with jump pack for my Night Lords and my Whirlwind Scorpius. And I'm just bouncing between the two, which totally fine, except I want to play some games. And until Wednesday, I hadn't played since before our event in October. Mm. 
Um, and now that I've played a game, I'm like, I, I really want to play. And right now I can't field a... Well, I can field lists, but they're lists of I'm bringing models to make up the points rather than a list that I want to play. So I think I'm going to invest in a Legion, get them to a point where I'm happy and they're playable, and then I can invest in the, the other one. Um, because games drive my hobby, mm-hmm. which, again, we will talk about when we get to games. But yeah, so building month mainly for me. Cool. Um, playing the game? No, painting. Painting, yeah. Well, yeah, why, yeah. Why so are we skipping a second? You, you I'm... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, a nil in painting. I, I didn't get any painting done. I wanted to get some base coats down yeah. on like the rhinos, the breaches. Um, Ow. Oh, that looked like <laughs> that hurt. Oh, is that right in the... Sorry, go on, carry on. <laughs> well, I can't it's say Right what. in the minge. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> But yes, so I wanted to get some base coats done on those models that I'd built, whether they were the Night Lords ones from last month or this month's ones. But by recording, that hasn't happened. Hopefully next week. But um, So I believe, I believe I fully painted um, my breaches with Volkite one prayer to a Volkite, one master signals and five jet bikes. Cause yeah. I, I don't believe they were painted at all in the last, in the last one. Yeah. In between, in between podcast episode recordings, we found the master signal backpack. Oh yeah. Like, sure. Yes. All of that happened in uh, after recording. Yeah. And right? all of them so. were painted together. So yeah. So in the last, in the last month I have painted 20 breaches with Volkites. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shields from, from Simon, the 3d printed shields, um, the standard Praetor with Volkite. Um, she's got the Volkite pistol, big sword raised. He's, yeah, the big sword from Age of Darkness. Yeah, guy. well, I, yeah. he's not amazing. He's very, very generic, but he fulfills a role at the moment. So he fulfills the, I'm going to an event next yes. Friday. Um, uh, so the 24th. Um, so he fulfills a role of being there for that event. Um, is he like going to be a named guy? Is he going to really... To take too much Probably depends not. what he does yeah if he if, if he, he kills suddenly, a primark, if he he's kills a primark a name. he will become a real person um but yeah to be honest i, I kind of want to look at my my hqs and actually mm. build some actual hqs with character rather than just using the standard ones but regardless he's built painted washed um yep was fun uh, i also built and painted a master of signals which using the pravian kit yes um so he's got a slightly uh different backpack um, got mm-hmm. some servo skulls coming off it. Really cool. I, I, I know he's a Pravian. He doesn't look what I would imagine a Master Signal is really to look like. But again, I had the model. It fulfills a role. I'm going to be using him as actually as a Pravian in um, my um, Alpha, uh, Dreadnought. Alpha Legion Dreadnought list. Dreadnought list. So it, it, he will fulfill that role. And yeah. what I'll do is I will buy, build, kit bash a better master signals yeah i mean he's he's a similar kind of pose he's looking well, he's at something his on arm, his wrist he's got his little he? blip blip thing he's got some sh- um, some some skulls to help him and out he's, hasn't and he got an antenna yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah, he could easily represent a master yeah. signal he's, he is a little bit um mechanicum like he's got a fake leg and a fake arm and stuff so he's just been through the wars he's just done a lot of stuff which Yes. Um, so yeah, I, again, similar for him, I'll probably look to create a better Master's Signal. Um, and then I built, oh, sorry, I painted or repainted the five jet bikes because they were Blood Angel. And to be honest, 
they look much better as Alpha Legion um, and a little better. Mm-hmm. So what new technique did I use? Um, so actually the shields and the cloaks are not painted black. They are painted grey, zenithaled white and then washed with um, the contrast black templar um, to give them a bit of depth of field. Um, in my opinion, it didn't really work on the, on the shields. Um, maybe that's because they're 3D printed and you can see kind of some of the ridge lines in right. that. Um, maybe it just, maybe I didn't put enough on. Um, some look better than others. Some just look grey. Some look actually like black. Um, where it worked, I think, the most is on the cloak of the Praetor. Now, it's not like a perfect jet black, like, I don't know, your laptop or whatever. Um, but it has texture, so it yeah. looks like it is actually material rather mm-hmm. than just... A, That's nice. Like yeah, a cool. dead black thing. So rather than going through the whole like dry brush it and, and try and add texture in, it worked pretty well. Cool. Um, I think I perfected the orange Volkite Glow for me. Um, yeah. I ended up taking the lid off of the, because it's not a, an airbrushing paint and I airbrushed my Volkite's um, yeah. orange. Um, obviously, sprayed some white first and then the orange to kind of make it a bit brighter. Was it an ink or a wash or... The, the orange? Yeah. No, it was uh, it was like just legit normal paint. Uh-huh. Like, Troll Slayer? No, 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 no. It was um, Vallejo burnt orange or, or bright orange. Something oh, like okay, that. cool. So, but I found out when I when I was sort of mixing it on a bit of palette just to sort of get the colour out and see what it looked like, um, it was coming through like yellowy orange instead. Uh-huh. And basically, I needed to give it a good, good old yeah, stir shake. with a stick. <laughs> um, I was watching... Eons of Battle, I think that's the channel. Yes. And Rings he was saying bell. about putting stone, a stone in the bottles rather than a metal ball, like oh. to, to be an agitator, because you wash the stone first, obviously. Don't put it with dirt. But it's better than Texture. the ball bearings because they don't rust and corrode. It's just a stone. Yeah. Um, and you just get a little pebble. So I might do that. But anyway, so I mixed it up eventually, got it all nice consistency. Then when I was putting it for the airbrush, I didn't thin it down enough to start with, so it was blocking really easily. Mm-hmm. So then I just whacked a shed ton of thinner in there and made, made it, it more wash made it basically like a wash yeah. and it came out a dream yeah, to yeah. the point where I had some left and I was like what else can I spray orange like so it was great fun yeah it's fine finding that level of how much thinner to how much flow improver mm. how quickly do I need this to dry yeah, yeah. how quickly do I want the no- uh, the needle to block up again yeah, yeah. that kind of thing like, I, I was having real problems with my airbrush um, and I ended up getting the cleaners, the, the, yeah, the, the little, little pin uh, thing. Yeah. Um, and um, the little... Chimney sweep things. Some of them, I've got a little pipe, like, cleaners, a little, yeah. like a pin to push through the, 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 the needle nozzle Just part. be careful you don't flare. Yeah, things. yeah, that's fine. I definitely have not done that. Um, but there was one bit when I was cleaning it on the last time I used it and it, I pushing it, it just wouldn't move and basically pushed it and a massive like ring of paint <laughs> came out and I was like... That's my problem. Yes. That's been the problem the entire time. Yes. Um, so I'm excited. I'm actually genuinely excited to do a bit more airbrushing to yeah. kind of get it used to it. Because I was at the point where I was like, I'm just going to rebuy the needles. Because like, with the Badger 105s from Barwell, you can buy the needles that come with their nozzle and mm-hmm. the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the pipe bit. So I was just going to buy a whole set of those. And also, I've been using a 0.3. Yep. I'm in love. Like, with a 0.3? 0.3. Yeah, yeah, that's what I standard yeah. use. I, I go up to a 0.5 oh, for my base You've been glow. using the 0.5 normally and you've gone down for like, to 0.3. For like weapon glow and stuff, you've been using 0.5. Yeah. 
Okay. It's just called trigger, it's just called <laughs> trigger control. No, it's not. It's not. Um, so I've got a 0.7, 0.5, and 0.3. Yeah. So um, I only bust out my 0.3 when I'm doing stuff on like weapons. Um, my 0.5 is my normal go-to for like armor and, yeah. and all that stuff. But 0.3, I, I think I'm a convert. It's lovely. I'm going to use on everything. <laughs> 0.7, priming base coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I use my. I, I would wish I had a like. I've got a 0.5 that I use for all of that. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm really like my patience is awful for a hobby. Yeah. So a 0.7 just brings it closer to an aerosol can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it done as quick as possible. I think it'll be when I do the because next on wow next on my list is Necromunda. After that is the um, Contemptor list. So oh, that will be a good, finally, like a good use of the 0.7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they're just yeah. broadly Just build grey. them all, get them all grey. The green at the same time. Yeah. They're not going to be green. They're going oh. to be grey. Yes, we talked about this. Oh dear. Did I tell you this? No. Okay, so the theme, so that I don't feel like an absolute bell. Um, I can say that. That's like a yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't feel like an absolute bell. My um, Alpha Legion. Fury of the Ancients Contemptor List has a narrative behind uh -huh. it. So I wrote it down so that I definitely didn't feel like a bell. Um, so effectively, um, the Pravian, who has a name um, when I find it, the Pravian... It's uh, called Bob. No, so the Pravian is going to visit a Forge World um, with the Master of um, Dreadnoughts, which is the Alpha Legion Contemptor Dreadnought that I have. Right. Um, the idea is they're going to visit to see the next load of contemptors that are going to be delivered for, to the Alpha Legion and almost take control of them and take them away. Mm -hmm. um, but they're actually there to infiltrate, to steal the contemptors from other legions. To hinder them. To hinder them. Right. Cut okay, their yeah, supply yeah. off. Yep. So um, the Forge World figure it out wh why they're there and they arrest the Pravian and the other contemptor gets away. <laughs> Because the contempt is easier to get away than the Pravian, obviously. I mean, he can probably uh, avoid things a little bit less, but he has a he has a force field yeah. generator and like. So the the Pravian's arrested by <clears throat> um, some Castalax. Mm -hmm. The cat the the Pravian then knows them. Uh, oh, Thalax. Thalax. You've sorry, got not, Thalax. Yeah, in Thalax, your list, not Castalax. You? Sorry. Um, gets gets. Um, Escorted by some Thalax, who he then hacks, and then that squad is part of the, the force. So he decides, I'll take them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah that's yeah, the way yeah. you do it, right? Yeah. Um, so he then takes them, um, and the Alpha Legion, the Alpha Legion Contemptor, then goes and, and I found a background, some background for um, a, what was an apothecary who was interned into a Contemptor. So I'm going to have an, a, a Contemptor apothecary effectively who then puts in all of these caskets they've got into all these other contemptors and, and um, Derideos yeah. and Leviathans in there and basically steal these steal these Alpha Legion with the, the okay. idea yeah. that they but are. But before they've been painted in the before Legion colours, so, so they're all in their base grey. So, so you know when you have like, when you see the cars being, before they're painted, yeah, they're yeah. all grey? So yeah. they're all going to be grey with um, on each shoulder pad will be the legion symbol and then like an ident number uh -huh. um so that they that's where they would have gone to be sprayed up and turned into yeah, the so okay. be like yeah, yeah. A blood cool. angel with number 99 or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's the idea behind the narrative okay is this has it and that makes me feel a little bit less of a 
a bell. A bell. Oh, I look okay. forward to playing that list. I really do. It'll be interesting. But it, it so the 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 bases I've got. I'm scratch building my own bases because Ooh. resin sixty mil bases are yes. expensive. Yes, they are. Um, so I've got I got through from Green Stuff World some um, pipe to do pipe work. I've got some checker plate. Yeah. Um, sheets to do that. I've got some plastic card as well. I need to get some um, like grating to put over the top of the pipes pipes to yeah, do yeah. that but yeah so it's going to be a bit of a forge world-esque board cool which ties in nicely because that's what liam's making me is a forge world-esque mm. zn board yeah yeah, yeah yeah cool so that's the narrative behind it <laughs> um and i have written it down in a bit more of a a better way rather than the kind of ramblings of a nah, man that's all right um so i'm looking forward to painting them that'll be cool eventually yeah. just need to cool. do a necromunda force first that's like 10 models you're all right yeah, something like that. I based it around the nine nine. So oh, got, oh, excellent! Um, so you've got uh, Captain because I'm doing Palatine Enforcers, yep. but I'm doing the Renegade Palatine Enforcers. Okay. So I've got Captain Schultz. Captain Schultz, yes. Uh, I've got Sergeant T Crew. Yep, T Crew. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, my imagination just got worse, and I just called them by their normal names. <laughs> you could, you should have called her. I don't know, Shamey. Shamey, yeah, Shamey. yeah. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Neil? I see you've got some notes. I have a very, very small teaser of a note. Nice. So I just basically primed up a single space marine in uh, an attempt to start working on purples. Oh, okay. So the first one is literally just a standard... Space Marine, Prime Black, and then the darkest purple I've got as a base coat. I'm then going to do some others that have got Zenithal highlights. Uh, I'm going to do a pure grey one as well and just see which works best for this scary, perfect Marine. <laughs> That's cool. I like it. I like it. Are you going to try and go quite bright in your face kind of purple, like purpley pink, or are you going more subtle darker tones or uh, do, you know what, do you know yet that's what the tester model is okay, going to be cool. for um, cool so first it's working out what level of brightness yeah. and then perfecting that yeah. yeah I've got some old tests that I did in the past but I'm going to have to redo them just to sort of see what um, level and what happens if you put contrast purple or purple wash over the top of it yeah, um, so uh, I guess I'll jump in, as I didn't have much to say painting. Um, uh, like Sam, uh, I jumped on the, the bandwagon of buying Hero Quest when it was on sale on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, someone, probably Tim, who owns Hero Quest already, um, was like, oh, Amazon are having like a flash sale, and it was £40, I think, down from its normal like 100 120 mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I, sh- I was talking to Jenny about it and I was getting quite animated clearly. And then I think I went to do the dishwasher or something and I came back and she was like, I've ordered it. And I was like, what? And she was like, well, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. And although we don't normally do something for that, certainly not gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, you were talking about it. You were excited. And I just wanted to get you something. So yes, I was like blown away. Very happy indeed. 
and it arrived and I think within 24 hours of it being in my house, me and Caleb played the first mission. Ooh. And he really enjoyed it and he did well. He controlled all four characters uh-huh. uh, and I I think there was one moment I had to go easy, otherwise I was just going to wipe Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. wipe him. But that's the that's the fun of running the game, right? It's yeah. the, like throwing dice rolls to in, make the enjoyment. The enjoyment of the players is what mm-hmm. you're not there to kill them, otherwise yeah, you'd yeah, murderize yeah. them. Yeah, so I mean, he did really well, but he did that classic thing that many of us do, which is run off on your own, and then with his wizard, with like, oh yeah, you need to kill that. Two, you, need to, you need to correct that behavior by yeah, murderizing yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. Well, yeah. So his wizard walked in and was very, very nearly killed. <laughs> Um, and we played with the whole rule of um, like if you hit zero but you've got a potion of healing, yep. then you heal up. Yep. Which I really understand why that's there, particularly yep. for playing with children because I wiped his wizard but he had a potion of healing because he'd been searching. So he wasn't dead. Yeah. You know, and then he ran out of the room, which was the right move, and kind of tried to gather his guys back together. And what the the bit that I kind of helped him with is I then strung out the monsters from the room. So like the orc followed him down the hallway. They mm. killed the orc. Then the next one came out the room rather than just queuing them up yeah, 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 and getting him stuck and it being this grind. I was like, no, we'll let him one, push forward. Like if that was us playing, that's fine. But he's what, seven? Seven and never played any kind of game. Like, like so this. that's yeah. just going to be, oh, I'm just being punished for this rather than actually enjoying enjoyable exactly. game. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so he got through the first and uh, all his characters survived, which he was quite excited about. And he had enough on one of the characters to like buy a helmet or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he did that. And uh, yeah, so I think he's uh, keen to play the next one. Mm. Don't know when that'll be, um, but yeah, it was really fun just playing a game with him and kind of, he sees my models, he likes seeing them, particularly the boards, he likes seeing when in my city board's set up or mm-hmm. the um, mining storage facility that I built for the event. He likes looking at that, he likes that side of things. Mm. The gaming's never been a thing like, oh, can I try this or... HeroQuest uh, is definitely a gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's... He's enjoying it, which I hope will continue. And I think it's something I want to try and play with Jenny as well. One Kelly would Kelly said she was yeah, yeah, yeah. trying it. Um, one rule that I found from watching some people play on YouTube was um, he allows them to s- look through the keyholes, <laughs> okay. so you can see in a dead straight line from the everything door on that line. Everything on uh, that that's so interesting. To basically help them in the early game to make the decision yeah. whether or not they go in, go in or not. Um, yeah. And he said he removes that later on. But when they're new and they're really oh, kind of under, under-armoured, he, he was like, it means that. look in the keyhole. Yeah, and, and you don't see much. You, no. Like, the, uh, often, there's a lot more to the side. So he's like, it basically just gives them a bit of an idea what they're walking into. Um, and he's like, and I, I make the judgment call. He said he makes the judgment call based on actually where they are and yeah. if they would be able to see that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I, I tried it with, because um, I played it with, the group on the Tuesday, then yeah. on the Friday, I went and played it with um, some of the guys again. And then I played it again on the Saturday with Kelly's <laughs> brother. Um, so I played it quite quite a few times, the first couple of missions. Yeah, anyway. Chris seems to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he regrets not buying it. Yeah. Um, but I tried it with the guys on the Friday and, and Chris on Saturday. Yeah. And I think it does actually kind of work. Um, like Ben really enjoyed it. The fact that you can kind of make a decision or whether or not you make, you make a decision as a as someone do I go in on my own or do I wait yeah. here and get people to me um, but yeah 
it was good. Good fun. Mm, yeah, good fun. so I'm, I'm very excited that I own it again um, after owning the original edition all those years ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to play that with, with him, but also just with anyone. And I'm looking forward to painting up the models. I think my plan is kind of paint a 40k um, unit and then maybe I'll paint a single model from Hero Quest, and it will just slowly yeah, yeah. get painted that way as a nice little circuit breaker. Especially yeah. as I don't have any events or anything in my diary. I'm not prepping for something, so I can do that. I, I kind of want to try out the... Is it Quick Shade? Quick Paint? The one from... Speed Paint. Speed Paint. Is Army Paint as one. Yeah, I kind of want to try out um, Speed Paint. And I think, actually, that set would be really good to do it on because... Actually, they don't need to be highly detailed. They don't need to be highly, like, lots of hours spent on them. So it might be a good one. Might give that a go. Yeah. You know, Vallejo have got their own version now as well. Yeah. I get confused. There are loads of them have jumped on it since Games Workshop did Contrast. Yeah. They went, ooh, we could do this. Yeah. I've watched a few videos on... that. Some people did the comparison between Speed Paint and Contrast. And I think Speed Paint looks a bit richer in color at the moment. And the coverage is a bit better from what, yeah, from, I, think from what I can see. Things I've been seeing is people talking about varnishing between layers and things. With yeah. the speed paint, okay, because um, it reactivates. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which you don't necessarily need to do with like contrast. No, but there's lots of options now, so it's just looking at what one you will fancy and go for that. Really, give it a crack. Yeah. Um, what about your game with Simon? Yeah, so I played Simon. Um, so this was uh, Wednesday, just gone. Uh, a few of us met up for a gaming evening. Our friend Ryan came over from Netherlands. Uh, this is the Ryan who got me into 40k uh, again, gave me the Space Wolf Codex, etc. This is also the same Ryan that introduced me to everyone. Yes. So it's yeah. his fault. He's got a lot a lot to live up for. Um, but yes, yeah, so he came over. So Sam, I think your game's against him, isn't it? Yep. Um, and then I played Simon. If you can call it a game. And, <laughs> and then Mark played Tom. So six of us were playing. We booked out three tables at Wayland Games. And uh, it was good. I played Simon's event list, his Mechanicum list, which is uh, quite thought out. And I brought my Ultramarine tanks because he was like, oh, I don't know how I'll deal with armor. <laughs> it's, it seems that Simon's list is almost built to kill armor um, yeah. and just annihilated my vehicles. Mm. Um uh, it was looking dicey. By turn three, I thought I might be tabled here. And I, I squeezed it out to the end. Uh -huh. I, you know, maneuvered my tanks a little bit backwards and shot at things so that I could, but I just, I wasn't doing enough damage. Mechanicum are still very tough, this edition. They feel nicer. Was you playing 2K? Yes. Right. So they felt a little bit nicer than previous edition, but it was still, you know, Thalax is still toughness five and three wounds each or whatever they are. And you, you, the amount of firepower you have to put into them, you cannot instant kill these things No, with very many weapons that yeah. are available. Um, and I didn't cater my list to fight the Mechanicum. I just brought the Ultras that I had. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was clearly outmatched my list. It was really fun playing and it wasn't like, oh, I'm getting stomped and I'm jaded or frustrated like i had a fun game yeah matt matt takes losing very well yeah like, in in general i do like mm. i think the problem is well two sides of that 
one, I don't play very often. Mm. So when I get a game, it's, oh, I'm getting a game. Mm. Like, and it kind of almost, the result is almost doesn't matter compared to, I get to spend time with a friend. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just the reason. And we're doing this thing, but we could be doing anything else. I'd still have a good time. Mm. Um, and the other side of that is until probably Wednesday, Wednesday evening on the car ride back, chatting with Simon and stuff, I haven't spent that much time investing in lists. Yeah. Like even the event lists and, and things like that, I have focused on either what I could afford, mm-hmm. what I had, and very much so on a the narrative picture I have for that Legion. None of that's wrong, but it was a highlight to me that actually if I just spent a little bit longer thinking about my lists, armaments, weapon choices, I could probably make a better list and have a more, dare I say, competitive game. Not necessarily in terms of like, I want to win, but in terms of actually... more of a challenge. Well, uh, it was just a bit like, do you know what? I didn't even know that Predators could take Volkite, Culver and Sponsors because I just went, well, the ones from last edition, they're Predator, Cannon, Heavy Bolters. So I'll just take that. Rather than looking in the book and going, oh, actually for like five, ten points, I can take two Volkite Culverins, which are still defensive weapons, gives me two extra shots, gives me an extra strength that would have been really good against the Mechanicum. Because rather than hitting on fours, I'm hitting on threes. Any wounds that go through, I'm getting deflagrate for like very little point difference. And that's five minutes of just looking at the book and going, actually, yeah, I'm going to bring Volkart Culverins. So it, it's mm. kind of challenged me this game to go, I should really think about what I'm bringing rather than just getting out of the case and going, oh, that'll do. Just okay. a little bit of a thought rather than just, oh, build a list. Yeah, cool. Off I go. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm going to try and do. And I've actually tweaked my ultramarine tank list to be that little bit more competitive. Yeah. Um, while I think sticking to my image of the Legion, like there's not Volkite everywhere because the ultramarines aren't like that mm. really. Um, and yeah, like I've, I've tried to kind of stick to that and I've got adding the tactical squads, you know, that was a really good thing for me because I think in the last edition, I went all tanks and no inventory yeah. whatsoever, which didn't feel quite right. So yeah, just playing around with what I've got, what I need, and trying to build the best list I can. Hmm. Um, yeah, try and build the best list I can without going too crazy down that yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, because I think I one, I think I will have a more enjoyable time if I'm having a equal footing game rather than using the word competitive yeah you know like i i didn't feel bad for simon he was doing well and he was clearly enjoying himself which is great but if it was a little bit closer we'd be coming away going oh that was such a good game rather than going oh it was nice to play a game yeah and that's 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 what i'm trying to get to yeah so yeah challenge me on my gamemanship and how i've kind of maybe rested back a little bit on my tactical ability and Mm -hmm and choices and actually I need to invest in that side of the hobby a little bit more mm. okay fair enough um, so my game versus Ryan so we came up with the narrative of the Alpha Legion had just finished um, infiltrating the Raven Guard um, they'd stolen a load of the Raven Guard gene seed mm-hmm. um, and was going to meet 
um, the Sons of Horus to to hand it over, and then decided at the last moment um, they weren't going to do that. And they wanted to actually. It wasn't a good idea that the War Master had access to the Gene Seed. Um, so we played a, a game of the Relic. Um, so Gene Seed in the middle, um, charge forwards, recover, and and retreat back to safety. Um, game wise, I it was um, corner deployments. I, as per normal, uh, deployed quite aggressively mm-hmm. um, with the um, my big Volkai. 10-man Volkite squad, um, 50 shots, uh, providing Overwatch over the objective. Oh, yeah, your heavy support squad. Um, and um, much like everyone else, they have a Master of Signals with them to allow them to get the plus one BS and to also remove the um, distance restrictions from night fighting. Yep. We had yeah. night fighting in, so that kind yeah. of benefited me. Um, in terms of list, I knew, I think with the Alpha Legion, I'm getting to the point of I need to strike first, strike hard, and then run away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like my no, no, um, no. sorry, no, not run away. Retreat. Retreat tactically. <laughs> tactically retreat away from the guns. Set a trap. <laughs> so, um, my headhunters went and uh, uh, I, say, I was going to say Simon. Then Ryan had a, um, a big blob squad led by a. Chaplin, well, yeah, chaplain it was model. it was a chaplain, something yeah. like. That, yeah. I, I think it was a champion or something. Anyway, but so he had a big blob squad of those. So I infiltrated from behind a building, mm-hmm. came out, rapid fired, killed like half the squad. The jet bikes came over, plasmed half the squad, um, took them down to like I think three people. So two two normal guys and the 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 chaplain guy, um, and then the um, rangers, the reconnaissance squad, took out the. So yeah, he came in. Uh, they they took it down to like one or two. Yeah, it was good. Like that was a, a good way of dealing with that squad. They then got a night not annihilated. They got they took some heavy casualties from a twenty man tax squad um, for obvious reasons. I do feel the first the first um, turn Ryan could have benefited from using reactions more. Like he could have moved away actually no he reacted in the first turn and moved towards me yeah um which i was like great you're now in rapid fire range yeah uh, like yeah i think the going forward can be really good particularly on your turn if you're going to want that charge yeah but you do sometimes have to go if i move forward i'm going to then get shot twice the, the headhunters are rubbish in combat yeah. they are normal marines at that yeah, point yeah, yeah. Their, yeah. their specialty is the guns you got power yeah. daggers yeah Okay, they're, not rubbish in common. Nice. But but the, the their main thing is the guns. Yeah. So when he moved forwards and they were in rapid fire, I knew and he was like, Oh, you're not gonna charge me? And I was like, No, no, I'm just gonna wait. I'd rather yeah. get another round of shooting at me. Um at, at them. Um yeah, so I kinda... hate to say it, but I don't think this edition is good for combat at all. No. Because really, let's right, you're gonna shoot me before you charge with you say bolt pistols. I'm gonna respond fire. Yeah, yep. so I then get to shoot you in your shooting phase. Then you're going to charge me. Then I'm going to overwatch you in the assault phase reaction. Yeah. So I get to shoot you twice on your turn because you've chosen to charge me. Yeah. Like, and with the removal of the 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 BS one or sixes to 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 hit on overwatch. On overwatch is like strong. You can only overwatch really with one unit. Mm. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think yeah. mass assault is still a thing. Yeah. But if you haven't got three assaults lined up. There is no point assaulting because you know that one squad 
is going to get reacted, fired at, and then overwatched. Yeah. And then you're like, even Terminators will just whittle down. Yeah. And then your punch doesn't hurt. Yeah. Whereas you almost have to sacrifice that one squad to get two good charges on the flank, you know? Yeah. But I think this is the sort of the main problem with the smaller games is you've got less units, so the reactions have more of an effect. Yes. Whereas a bigger game, you have to pick and choose. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what? That was two K. I actually think two K was a really nice point level. Like I'm, I'm not over three K games because we're going to an event next week. But, but, like genuinely, that felt nice. That felt like a game I could get in on a Wednesday night yes. and not. Yeah. be home too late like alright we stood around and talked forever afterwards yeah. but actually you could very easily be like hey come to mine at 6 let's play a game mm. I think I'm going to be playing mainly 2k games yeah, in yeah. the near future because I don't have the units I need to get to 3k yeah, yeah. but and, you should and, still play those games well that's the thing I'll get better at the addition it might change my opinion on what's needed for the 3k as well mm. like if I play loads of 2k's and go actually this list really struggles with anti-armor and then I look at the thousand points I've got planned to buy, but I don't own. You know, actually, there's not that much anti-armor. Maybe I'll mm. change this tank for this yeah. or this unit for that. Or my heavy support squad I was going to bring with Volkite Culverins. Actually, maybe I should drop them to five and bring Laz Cannons. Like you can make those choices building your list through experience mm. rather than just through what you hear online and hear about other people's games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing a bunch of 2K games because I now have enough with both legions to be able to play mm. at 2000 points yeah so it was a good game i really enjoyed it uh, i won the, the border the, the border guys the breaches ran forwards swarmed the objective grabbed it and then started walking backwards and then <laughs> yeah. it was like cool kill 20 man kill 20 man squad yeah deal with it like uh, and then there was no way he was going to do it um the highlight for the game for me was when he targeted my kratos Mm-hmm. and I used my special reaction and shunted my Kratos yeah. 12 inches behind a building, which means he, he couldn't, couldn't shoot, at me. shoot or charge at it with his Leviathan just <laughs> left in the middle of the board. Yeah, it's good. The Alpha Legion's advanced reaction is that he can move a unit. Is it 12 inches or yeah. is it? Yeah, 12 it's inches. just 12 inches, like anywhere on, like from where it is. And basically, it was never there. It was an illusion. It does, it does scatter 1d6. Yeah, once just, after you've done it 12. But excuse me. the fact that you've got this giant Bane Blade-esque tank yeah, sitting yeah. in the middle of the board. Uh, it makes it's... me feel better doing it with a Kratos than I mean, any other unit. Yeah, like... of course it does. I mean, Joe, you know what? The bit that I think I had more problem with is that it is like a deep strike. So you can just teleport behind a building, basically. I think yeah. if you're pulling back and it is an actual shunt move, shall we call it, um, then things like terrain and stuff would, be a problem the, the only thing it does say in there as the kind of like the end of the rule is if the unit can no longer shoot at you they then can't shoot at anything else yes so by not being able to have them go behind a building the only way that would come into effect is if you go out of range yes so I'd which rather, i feel better I'd, about <laughs> i'd rather save my crater i have used i have used it without being on the kratos before i know i know where I moved a 10-man tactical squad onto the objective, turn five, bottom of turn five, yeah. like his turn, um, onto the objective, therefore holding the objective and then winning the game. 
Yeah, I think when we played, it's a wonderful, I, it's a wonderful. Reaction. Yeah, when we is unbelievable that one. It's one of the stronger ones, I think. When you look, look at the legions, when you look at like the possibilities as well, like you can use it as a way of like like the Kratos one was ultimately to save the Kratos from yeah. being melted in the face and then um, charged by a Leviathan. And charged. It was it was dead a hundred percent. Yes. Um, so it was it, it it was to save them, but actually the the tactical advantage it provides you is really cool, and actually in my opinion very alpha legion. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. They've yeah. done really good job with the advanced. Yeah. So like the ultramarine one is um, it's basically like uh, the return fire one. Yeah. Except I can choose to react with obviously the unit that was triggered, but at an, any other model on the board as long as I've got line of sight to the firing unit. Yeah. So you shoot your headhunters at. Uh, my tactical squad, and I've got the Punisher Sakaran sitting next to them. I can react with the tactical squad and the Punisher wow. at that one squad. So it's like, mm, I don't know if I want to shoot that little squishy unit because there's a plasma thing sitting here or something that could melt my unit. Yeah. So, it, which I think will catch people out when you do it. You're like, oh, oh crap. Like, yeah. You know, you shoot your tank at an infantry unit and I go, cool, my three twinning Laz Cannon Land Raider is now going to shoot you. Mm. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah. Another highlight was Abaddon scattering backwards away from the unit. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, with all his Terminator cronies. So I was pretty, at that point, I was pretty confident mm. they were never going to get near me. Mm. So Yeah, I think, do you know what? Both those games highlight to me a little bit what I was already saying. Like, you and Simon are bringing lists that are being prepped for an event. Yeah. That you've been playing as well. Yeah. And me and Ryan turned up with our collection. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much what yeah. happened. Like I was like he had no long range firepower. No. And you're like, in this edition that's quite deadly to do. Mm. Um and I turned up with my tanks as is, without much thought on weaponizing them, even deploying them, you know, a bit out of practice, all those things. And I just that was my thing was Simon knew his targets and worked through and I just kind of randomly shot things. Yeah. And that was the difference of the game. I think that's also because perhaps Simon's playing a force that you haven't played before. So like he, he is a Marine player who now yeah. plays Mechanicum. Yeah. So he knows what a Predator can do. He knows yes. what a Land Raider yeah. can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows that. Whereas the Stompy Stompy Robots... Yeah, I mean, yes, to a degree, but I face yours a lot. I know it's a different edition, but yeah, they've yeah. got, they haven't completely changed their stat line. Also, Castellacs sound disgusting. Yeah, the, uh, do you know what? The Thalax were the problem. Because they don't, they jump, jump, they jump. So he, we, I don't know if it's a Warlord trait or an equipment that he's got on his Arch Magos, or, but the unit that he's with, or she's with, I should say. Um, they can use their jetpacks in the movement phase and then they can use it in the shooting phase. Oh, whereas you can only... So he was like him. jumping 20 inches across the board and then like four inches from my face, turn one. And I was like, uh... Whereas normally you can only use them in the movement phase and then in the assault phase. Yeah, but he had, he gets all three. Yeah, yeah. So he could just... Yeah, instead right. of shooting, I'm guessing. Instead of shooting. Uh, no, they can still shoot. Nah, that well, can't be right. I, I, it was Wednesday night, and I wanted a game. We were not looking at all this rules. <laughs> he, be... It's that one unit that's with that character, and then he, I think he's got something else where the other Thalax get a bonus, but it's nowhere near as powerful. 
But yeah, there was awesome. some crazy fast moving phalanx. Unless it's like a, like I haven't got the codex, so I really can't comment. But unless it's like a cyber third year rule, I don't think I've got the codex actually. Um, unless it's a cyber third year rule, but that seems well too powerful. It just murdered me. I couldn't do anything about yeah, it. They were just it. at my tank. And then because he had, uh, is it the photon thruster? Or it basically had like the portable las cannon they can take. Yeah, yeah. And he was just going, which has short range. But then he was just going, right, cool, I'm in front of your tank, photon thruster, boom. Next turn, in front of your tank, photon thruster, boom. And I was yeah. just losing, like, just tanks were blowing up every turn. It was like, oh, God. Um, hmm. And okay. their toughness five and, like, three wounds. So, like, trying to get rid of that was really hard, even for my tanks that are pumping out 12 shots a turn, you know, twin-linked. Like, my standard Predators should in theory, do okay. Mm. Um, but I just couldn't whittle the numbers down enough. But yeah, they were very scary. Um, I may have made it made it sound super broken and maybe it's not as strong as I just shared, but that's what it felt like playing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was uh, interesting. It definitely challenged me on, I need to think about this a little bit more. Um, which was nice, and I've had fun kind of tweaking my ultramarine list and making Sam want to buy Sakarans. <laughs> yeah, like so, we were talking yesterday about lists, and I'm I think I'm done with buying Alpha Legion <laughs> specific units now. Um, I've moved on to because I asked you both yesterday. Yes, you did. I've moved on to looking at Legion specific mm. units in. For the the people that are around me, so I basically I wrote a list of all of the different legions, and then put people's names next to them that I know play them. So and then I went out to them yesterday, and basically was like, "Hey, what would you recommend for like a close combat unit from your because because yeah. Alpha Legion suffer from no close combat? Yes. So what would you recommend for a close combat unit for from your legion? So I got various responses from various people. Um, so I'm gonna start looking at creating those, and then basically go, who do I play? Who am I gonna play with most? probably going to be world eaters ultramarines and um what's it called um the yellow boys fists imperial fists because they're the kind of ones that locally right like i know i would love to play with salamanders but you're invisible yep. um <laughs> so i'm gonna get those and then build get those squads go for a similar sort of pointage and then basically take those as a thing and then ha one use it as an opportunity to paint something else um paint some different colors practice some other stuff um, but yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Cool. My observations of the games were they were played. Yes, indeed, they were. And mostly painted. And most, mostly painted, Mostly yes. painted. I had a few that were not, like my two rhinos were grey. Yeah. Because uh, I've just added those. And and then taken them out of my new list. Mm. So I don't know what I'm going to do with those. I, do you know what? They, they'll stick around in 2K because I can't afford all the Land Raiders. Um, but in 3K, they get replaced for some bigger guns. Uh, I made a few comments on the basing choices of some people. Um, hopefully they may take it on board. They may not. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Was it mine? My basing's perfect. My yeah. ones are lovely and resin. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and to be fair, mostly tanks. So, yeah. none on, no bases. Um, right. Take cool. a break. Come yep. back with our Oath of Moment. Yes.
This product is rated H for hobby. Smashing through your computer screens and mobile devices comes a monthly hobby feast like you've never, ever, ever probably seen. Hosted on Google Hangouts, 8 till 11 p.m. Sunday nights, UK time. Three hours of hobby feasts and hard-fought victories. Are you strong enough to survive? Are you brave enough to achieve? Are you wise enough to attend? I guess we'll have to wait and see at the next Hobby Hangout. Check out our social media pages for specific hangout details. Sam and Matt sold separately. We do not take responsibility for any lack of completion of hobby or level attendance. Hello, and welcome back to the Oath of Moment. This month, we are going to be doing Neil's Oath no, of no, Moment. No, we're not going to be doing Neil. We could be doing Neil. We could, but him, we wouldn't do that on recordings. Ride so. him like a toboggan. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's Neil's Oath of Moment. But what we're going to do is we're going to take, do a quick debrief from the last month's Oath of Moment, which was my wonderful Oath of Moment, where we were talking about um, hobby motivations. Uh, and this <laughs> sorry you've completely derailed me <laughs> I've just got in my head feel the rhythm feel the rhythm <laughs> get on up it's kneeling time <laughs> oh, you no. broke me you broke just, me no, that's what no. Neil said so, uh, it's still we, there we finally managed to get to cap out <laughs> brilliant right anyway so before Neil leads us in his oath of moment <laughs> shall you debrief from last month's yes so last month's oath of moment we talked about um, hobby motivations I think being January uh, we actually recorded I think on on blue January or you know the, the worst day of the year um, like dry January um, but it's meant to be the worst day of the year because it's it's the, the furthest away from when you'd be paid it's furthest away from when it's oh. going to get sunlight again that kind of thing it's it, uh, right. blue blue January I think it's called anyway so we recorded it then, and actually, at that point, a hobby motivation was something which we we all, arguably all, struggle with at some point yeah, or another. Yeah. Some more than others, Neil. Yes. Um, and uh, and kind of went over ways that we could motivate ourselves. And we talked about the one hour a night. We talked about accountability. Kanban boards was a good one, which we didn't bring up. Um, yes. We talked about a number of things and, and threw it over to the community on Discord. If you're not on Discord, there will be an advert somewhere in here probably, but head on over to the Facebook page. Um, there's a link there to allow you to join the Discord. If you can't do that, um, email the Podcast at gmail.com. We'll send you a link. You can click, you can join. It's just like a old school kind of chat room type thing um, where all of our hairy bearded um, and not bearded uh, people hang out and spread the hobby love, share some images, talk about some challenging topics, that kind of thing. Um, and um, yeah, and this was one of the discussions. So just going through a few of the highlights that I took out from people's comments. Um, one thing from, from Mike was uh, that... Um, although this might be a bit biased because he does host 
the midweek hangouts. <laughs> he actually said that the midweek hangouts help him loads because even if he's knackered um, from doing uh, from working all day uh, and he just doesn't feel like hobbying, um, he has to do them. He is the host. He likes to go and he, he, he's held himself accountable to going to those every week. For so a long time now. At least once a week, he'll get at least two hours of hobby done. And, and that varies because two hours for Mike is like painting the toenails on a, on a dragon cabbage thing. Um, but... At least he's getting those two hours done during that during that week. Um, another drive for him is the guilt. Ah, the guilt. <laughs> we all have Live the, in your shame. We all have the guilt um, of the the backlog. Um, try not to buy forty k this year. Um, uh, there are some exceptions we won't talk about. The heresy. Um, uh, he he wanted to find the fun of painting again, um, which I think is really good and really amicable um, and actually paint something that isn't 40k. If he can find the fun, can he post it to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly for him, and I think this is a big driver, especially for me, is tournaments um, and having to get units done for tournaments. And and I've, like I said before, I've got an event at the end of next week um, and my all of my hobby progress for this month was to get me ready for that event. Yeah. So I think it is definitely a massive driver and having that kind of deadline, that commitment. And, and Matt, you've talked about before where you have that that commitment and, and that I've said I'll do it, so I will do it. Yes. Um, next up, James. James said about getting into a routine. Um, so actually not looking at daily streaks like I suggested, mm-hmm. um, but actually just kind of getting into the habit of regular regularly painting um, and the hangouts really help and, and uh, keep him mo- motivated and the momentum going. Um, so I, I I agree. I think the hangouts are quite a good way of doing it. Um, Spuddies was planned games uh, and seeing um, what he's got to get done and, and actually having those games going is a really big motivator for him. Um, and then who else? Uh, uh, well, Adams is a ramblings of a madman. Um, but <laughs> so... Having a an open so Adam says he's got a word document with a list of everything he has left to do to finish his guard army. I didn't think his guard army was ever going to be finished. I thought it was just a continued passion project of of frozen people. Yeah, he can dream. He can dream. <laughs> I have um, a dream. And he split his list into <laughs> primary, secondary, and extras. Primary is what he stuff he wants to finish. Secondary is vanity pieces. Um, and extras are stuff like banners and transfers and hard coating. Um, he tries not to buy anything new for that project now he has got his collection and he's working towards completing that every time he completes something he deletes it and he gets that satisfaction from that yeah. and then once he's reached that point of satisfaction he gets a whole army out and takes photos and then put it onto facebook and, and get some lovely comments about uh, about that, that wonderful army like some of his some of his units are phenomenal like the polar bear riders or all the um uh, the the big mammoth tusky boy, uh, Stonehorn cannon or whatever the yeah, original which is model's using called. Using as a land rate, no land. Uh, Lima Russ. Lima, is it a Lima Russ? I'm sure it's a Russ. Ah, I might those. be wrong. But again, phenomenal models, and that's his motivation is to complete that and get that. So I think it's um, lots of varied responses. It mm. does seem lots of motivation towards like the midweek hangouts that Mike hosts. Also, the accountability front of maybe having a list and working towards that. Um, personally. I tried, um, not the one hour a night, but I tried to rather than, to this month, what I tried to, tr- to do was rather than on my lunch break playing computer games um, because it's very easy to do, nice to settle in, brain dead kind of thing. I actually tried painting. Um, whether it was just doing the silver, doing a wash, just trying to get something done on those models, which I actually found worked really well. Mm. And I 
don't think I ended up painting in the evening at all. Yeah. I think maybe one weekend I sort of went and did a bit more, but actually it was predominantly through my lunch break. So that's something I want to continue, just trying to get some mm. small work in progress cool. going to get stuff finished. Um, but yes. Cool. Oh, also, what actually was really good from Tanel is he found this article, a Medium article, about the difference between motivation and discipline. And mm. actually motivation is what gets you started and discipline is and discipline and habit is what keeps you going yeah um so that's a really good point and and i'd uh, i read the article i thought it was really good um and if you get a chance head over to discord find that link in the latest hobby yeah. or the latest episode channel just um and give it a read just to give you a heads up it's not about actually painting no 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 but no. it is very good information yeah about why you may be struggling with motivation as opposed to being mm. disciplined or Actually, looking for motivation isn't necessarily the the prime primary driver. Yeah, you need you need a, a little bit of motivation, but once you get into that, you should be looking to make sure you're disciplined mm. and building habit, mm. so that motivation isn't as big an indicator on whether you hobby or not. Mm. Yeah. So, like the the Wednesday sessions, if you attend every Wednesday session and you carve out that time that you're definitely going to go, actually, that will be your habit of going mm. and then while you're there you're going to do a bit of painting even if some weeks you do nothing and some weeks it, you loads yeah even if you're just there and around people who are doing it and mm. they're going oh look i just did this cloak and holding it up to the camera and you're like that looks great that can be enough of a trigger for you to go oh i'm gonna do the cloak on that guy that i haven't yeah. done yet like just being present in the hobby is yeah. a massive mm. motivator yeah yeah um, cool. it's why most of my building got done because i knew i had a game I had a game coming up. I needed those units. Well, well there was that, no if and buts. That's what's going to get the Necromunda guys done is because yeah. I've, we're doing a Necromunda day, so it needs to get done for them. So anyway, Neil, you. Right. Okay. This one is going to divide possibly. It's a good one. A good we one. are. Matt and I are very aligned on this topic. We, we are. We are. It'd be interesting to see where you two stand in comparison to me. I don't think we've talked in depth around this subject no. with you, so this is going to be interesting. Okay. So, so, reveal it to the people now. Where do we stand on 3D printing? Right, okay. So, obviously, we all know that 3D printing has become more prevalent over the last 10 years, uh, where it's gone from being a private industry thing to something you can do at home. Yeah. Yep. Be it through a PLA, um, filament printer to the better quality resin printers going from a standard little plate up to a massive uh, 4K plate that someone at work has got now. I am surprised. Are they printing Titans now? Not yet. <laughs> I am surprised you don't have a 3D printer. Um, it will happen eventually. Yeah, space, isn't it? But it is a space and ventilation and all the that ventilation. Jazz. And I have, there are things that I want to learn to do mm. before I actually start is, doing it. Isn't this what your qualifications in? I, I don't. Them? I don't have a qualification as such. Sorry, isn't this what your experience you went to a school to teach you? Yes, was? potentially. Yes. Yeah. So I could, <laughs> if I was able to actually knuckle down and get access to a reasonable bit, bit of software, i.e., Blender. Um, I could potentially start building stuff, but it's mm. I'm thinking more terrain. Mm. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. obviously we've got the whole, you can use it to print anything you want. 
Yeah. The accessibility of files on the internet go from ranging from free files to files that are astronomical in price. Yes. Yep. But obviously, as you go up the price levels, the quality does improve. There's more support there. And also, the supports for the models are better done. Whereas the free ones, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Most of the time. It took me quite a long time to figure out what pre-supported meant. I thought it was, oh, it's already been like, it's like a Kickstarter, it's been supported. Yeah, no. No, it's not. No, it's about the actual, I have actually built it, so it's... So it's got support, yeah. so it could be printed. Yeah. yeah. So, where do you two stand on 3D printing? So, my, like, if I was needing to give a quick answer, mm-hmm. um, I would say I think it's a great, accessory to hobby that allows you to create or get pieces of unique items that can personalize your force that's what drives me towards 3d printing and Uh the the positive side you know to go oh i want i'm doing salamanders i want a a dragon head thunder hammer like let's have a look let's see what's what's out there um and, oh, that one looks great. Yeah, I can imagine that on my Praetor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that it's that stuff that really grabs me. Yeah. Um, when we're talking more, I'm just going to print something for cheaper, I have a problem. Yeah. But I'll let other people go before I just decide to rant on something. Sam? I believe... I believe that... Having an getting an existing model, getting an existing model from Forge World or Games Workshop, having it 3D scanned, and then re reproduce it and print it is theft. And regardless mm-hmm. if you are doing that or you are just a printer of that, it is theft. It's IP theft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and having a 3D printer to support your to support your army and get that unique sword, to get that unique pose maybe in a model, mm-hmm. something that is made from scratch, yep. perfectly fine with. You can you you can build a Mark III Marine that is in like, I don't know, a ballet pose if you like and print that for your army. Couldn't care. But if you went and printed a Mark III Marine that is a carbon copy that's from the box, that is, that yeah. is theft in my opinion. And mm. I think... I think people hide behind the, oh, isn't GW expensive? I'll print it for like half that cost type yeah. people. I, you, mm, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I, I, I right, said. Okay. No, fair enough. I view it as a good tool to enhance the hobby with accessories. Mm-hmm. I have an issue with, yeah, I am going to use it to print out a whole army. I have an issue with it printing out. I'm going to go from scratch, build up this marine. There's a Mark Three jump pack. So I sent you guys a picture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of one of the marines that one of the guys at work had printed. Yes. I couldn't looking at it. I couldn't tell the difference between whether it was actually a Mark Three or not, other than the fact that the combi bolter looks really weird the combi bolter was weird and i could tell the jump pack wasn't the mm. legit jump pack 
But other than that, yeah. Other than that, it was, could have come out of a yeah. plastic box. Uh, what do you mean by the printing a whole army? Do you mean like carbon copy an existing army? Yeah. So like Liam's gone and printed an entire solo auxiliary army of from a third party. If it's third party, like so they've made like kind of you know the pith helmet type. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're like Krieg like, but they're also Napoleonic, right? If yeah, it's yeah. if it's a, I have exactly copied the Games Workshop style. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's IP theft. Yeah. Um, if I managed to get into the film industry like I planned to, <laughs> I'd be exactly the same thing with people pirating films, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, same thing. Because at the end of the day, yes, it is expensive, but we buy stuff, people earn money from us buying stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Yeah. So I view it as a tool to I would like some custom made shoulder pads that I've designed yeah yeah or are no longer available no, no longer. or like yeah, so yeah, yeah, red, yeah. red scorpions are a perfect example yeah. forge world no longer make red scorpion mm-hmm. shoulder pads they used to yeah but they don't anymore if someone's grabbed a forge world shoulder pad 3d scanned it and now says hey you can print this but it's no longer available by forge world yeah, yeah. I have less issues there. Yeah. Like the army Because although slider. it is still IP theft, yeah. that is no longer possible other than spending astronomical money for someone selling on eBay, which like, I also don't agree with. Yeah. Like the Arvis Lighter. The Arvis Lighter yeah. is one model that I've always wanted to yeah, buy. Yeah. No longer available. Yeah. So the only option will be to pay redonkulous prices online mm-hmm. from, from resellers or print one. Yes. So I, I think I'm okay with printing one. Hmm. Yeah, think. and to be mm. fair, let's let's be real. I think we're we're playing around a grey area in some senses because, yeah. like, we're going this is okay, but this isn't. Yeah, yeah. But I I agree with both of your guys' statements. I'm not surprised that we all kind of agree on this um, at all. I just I was having a conversation and I was saying, look, however much I want something, if it's out of my price range, price range, I can't have it. Yeah. And and I can live with that. I can understand the desire and drive and the frustration. It links in with some of the reactions online in our little community, but also all over yeah. in price rises yeah. recently. Like it's frustrating if you sit towards the bottom end of the the spectrum. You mm-hmm. love this hobby, you wanna you wanna play this hobby, you wanna enjoy it. And you are also buying all the books and potentially majority of your models are Games Workshop, Forge World models. But that one unit breaks the, ca- the you know, you just cannot afford that whatever it is. I see the motivation. I can mm-hmm. sympathize with the feelings. But ultimately, I end with going, this doesn't change my life. I'm not printing out a prosthetic. I'm not printing yep. out something that changes my life. I'm just printing out something I want. And at that point, I would just walk away and be like, yep. I can't have it yet. And I would find another way of potentially being able mm-hmm. to get it that isn't theft. Yeah. Um, and that's that's where I kind of draw the line, really. So I think I've, I've mellowed in my opinion of people who do it. Mm-hmm. I think I used to be like, this is awful you shouldn't be doing it i feel like yeah you shouldn't be doing it but i kind of understand why you are doing it whether i agree with it or not yeah Yeah. you know it's like a homeless person robs a chocolate bar from a shop 
it's still theft, but I kind of understand a bit more yeah, why yeah. he's taking yeah. it than the rich banker who's robbing a chocolate bar just because. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I kind of am on, starting you, to see Why that. did you point at me? I didn't. I was just oh, right, okay. gesturing to the room. Rather, gesturing. I was oh, looking gesturing at towards that direction <laughs> no. where you're sat. Yeah. <laughs> I have not stolen a chocolate bar in years. No, I'm not sure which one out of you two is, is, has more money. Neil? It probably is, just because he doesn't go out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who yeah. cares? No, uh, it doesn't not... matter. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a rich wife. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Actually. I'm now yeah. a civil servant, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, by the way. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Um, yeah. I don't know where it's going to go. So, uh, on this, one of the guys at work, um, he printed off two... Space Marine sized models, and he's given me both of them. One of them was a bit of a fail of a print, the other one was slightly more successful. I'm going to use them as tester models for paint schemes. Okay, cool. That is all I'm going to use them for because yeah. it's like I can, these, these have cost me nothing. I can prime them, I can practice painting the cloaks, yeah, yeah. I can try out different mm. techniques on them. That's a really good idea. It's not cost me anything. That's in really that interesting, right? Because it's still IP theft, but it's, it's going to encourage you to spend more money at the company. I don't. I, the thing is, I don't know. Mm. What, I don't know enough about the the file. The file. To yeah, like, yeah. To yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it doesn't look like anything that's out there. Oh, okay. Well it's, then, yeah. It's not. Uh, there's. I don't. There's nothing that I've seen yeah. in the collection yeah, that yeah. matches oh, this, then. this it, model. It's, it's difficult, right? Because if someone sat there and remade, like in Blender, the Mark III armor and then just posed it in different things, I don't think I'd necessarily have a problem with that. Like, do you know, do you know where I have a problem with though? Is you want a different pose? All you really need to do is do say running legs yeah and then you can put yeah, that yeah. on your kit yeah, yeah. to go i want running marines so i'm 3d printing an entire kit so i don't have to spend any money here yeah, yeah. is you're still stealing no yeah, you're yeah. right you're right you're whereas right. going they don't offer mark three running legs and i want to yeah. build an assault squad because we still don't have cheap assault squads or games workshop is never really cheap but yeah. you know what i mean there's yeah, no yeah. plastic assaults whatever to go, okay, well, I'll buy a box of 20 Mark Threes, but I'll print 20 running legs yeah, yeah, so that I can do that. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. going, I want running Marines, so I'm going to print 20 running Mark Three identical because they don't offer running ones. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably but stretching I, it. I think, I think there are definitely like some really cool, like I can imagine having a white scar literally stood up on a, on a jet bike like charging into battle type thing, <laughs> like or having the jet bike yeah. half crashing into the ground and then the the like the about stuff. to jump off the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that would like, be that cool. kind of stuff is like that that allows creativity, mm. which like I don't have the skill to kit bash that kind of stuff. You mm. could though, that, like you, you don't get me do. wrong. I, I think three D printing and this is where it becomes a really good positive thing yeah. makes that stuff so much more accessible. Yeah, and so more people can get more unique. And cool looking stuff without having to hack the legs of a normal marine into eight pieces, yeah. adding little bits of green yeah. stuff. But that is a skill that anyone can learn. Yeah. yeah. But this saves much that. like though, much like if you are doing your own and learning how to use Blender and how to create three D models and stuff, it's exactly the same sort of thing. But rather than your output being clay that you're 
sculpting. It's yeah. digital clay. Digital clay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that would be cool because that that's the kind of thing that I I think would be really really good. And eventually, I probably will get a three D printer because where I want to use it for is terrain. Because yeah. like I've got models, but actually I think GW have really really lapsed on their terrain. Yeah. Like, if you think about the kits they used to have, all of those modular buildings, all yeah. of the... That doesn't yeah. really exist anymore. You, If you go to the GW's website, their terrain section is like two kits. Mm, I don't know if it's that bad, but yeah. I mean, or or you, scatter terrain. Well, I don't know. You look at, like, all the ZM stuff they offer. You've got um, the... Uh, you were looking at Wayland, the shield uh, wall thing, the landing pad, the um, satellite dish. What do they call it? It's like a bit more fortification style. Like, there's a lot of different terrain type things they do. The thing with GW terrain is it's it's the basis, but there's not the 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 added flavour as such. Yeah. Which a 3D printer creating your own scatter terrain to enhance that yeah. would help. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like it just, I look. I'm looking at the train right now. <laughs> it just seems like what they've got is just. Well, they have got the Manufactorum Sanctum building. Yeah, yeah they've building. got all the. But it just feels like they've gone right. Small, small games, little like the, the the little engines that they've got, or the little Noctua crowns, or the 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 Munitorium crates. They all just seem small scatter pieces rather than like massive line of sight blocking, like buildings. Now. Yeah, like, I think I think you're right. I think that may be a clever adaptation towards what kind of size games people are looking to play. Maybe. You know, again, without bleeding too much into the, the price rise and all that jazz, if someone's going, do you know what? I can't warrant doing a 2,000 points of Leagues of Votan, but I love the range. Or maybe I'll do 500, 750, buy a lot less. Yeah, well, now yeah. I need a smaller board and I don't need to play on these bigger boards because, again, 40K is not a 6x4 like Heresy is anymore. Right. We are moving away from... Yes, it does bleed. The, the, the topic yeah, that sorry. we are talking 3D about. 3D printers. I think terrain and making, like, really cool-looking objectives. Yep. Um, I think making a ZM board look more detailed. Yep. Like, I think it's great for that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, there's a lots of like, so we were talking about eons of battle earlier. Mm. They have a Patreon kickstart, sorry, a Patreon 3D printed section where they just did a, um, a cave section. So it's literally like big stacks yeah. that over that link together and create like static tights go from the ceiling. Static mites go from the ceiling. I always forget what way. The one that come down from the ceiling yep. and they have the ones come up from the floor yep. and they've created a cave network That's for, cool. for knights to play under. So it's big enough to go oh, underneath wow. a knight. So that kind of stuff is amazing. And that's all 3D printed. Yeah, and it's yeah. all like that kind of stuff. You cannot, as far as I'm aware, touch wood, you cannot buy that. You can pay someone to make you it for you. You can pay someone to make it for you. But 3D printing basically opens up a whole realm of amazing boards to play on. And I, I think like boards have become so lackluster with the, the, the terrain that's out there. Like myself, my boards included, like they're not great. They're just kind of like meh. But 3D printing for that. 3D absolutely. printing for terrain. 3D printing like and jet bikes because people don't want to pay the expensive price for the resin jet bikes, even though the passive one's coming, um, is bad. Naughty people. That's where I draw the line. Right. Yeah, I think I think we're all in 
agreement with that. Yeah. Use it to enhance, not purely build. Recreate. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right. Quick break. Quick break. Yeah. Spotlight next. The tendrils of the warp are far-reaching and communicating using the great social media anonymicon. Do I? What's that? Do I have to say that? Yeah, it's a keeper anonymicon. Anonymicon. Anyway, it's apparently never been easier. Reach out and connect. Find them on the Adeptus Terror podcast page on Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash the Adeptus Terror podcast and the Adeptus Terror Podcast Community Safe Room Facebook group, www.facebook.com forward slash TATP Safe Room. You can also connect to them on Instagram to see some of what they get up to in between episodes at the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Give these losers a break and please give them a like and a follow. Thanks, guys. Let's go. Welcome back. This is the spotlight. Hopefully you're still with us after our ramblings of the first two segments. Um, And this episode for the spotlight, we are looking at the Disciples of the Flames. Um, Now, these are a rare ad hoc formation of Astartes drawn primarily from the Salamanders Legion, uh, whilst also having members of the Raven Guard and Iron Hands present amongst their number following the disaster of the drop site massacre on Istvan V. This is heresy. This is a heresy spotlight, if you like. And yeah, we're looking at the Disciples of the Flames. Um, Now, like many survivors of the three uh, Shattered Legions during those dark years of the Horus Heresy, they kind of get hit very badly, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they don't have that much part to play in the wider heresy, which is not true. The Disciples of the Flames uh, spent, like many others, attacking the Traitor Legions in service to the Warmaster, from behind enemy lines and wherever they could. These small factions based around either a few ships or a ship, um, so in the sense of uh, Disciples of the Flames, they have a sole vessel called the Ebon Drake. Um, And this just illustrates that kind of tenacity and anger that um, these scattered survivors of these three shattered legions had towards the traitors. You know, they dust themselves off, they're left for dead on Isfarm 5, and they or they find a way off the planet, and they get together in these groups and go, we're still in this, we're still going to make a difference, and we're going to make our lives count for something. Can you still do a Shattered Legion list? Because um, there used to be a formation for it, right? Yeah, Where... so there used to be Shattered Legions and Black Shields. Yeah, yeah. So Black Shields is the other side of the coin of... Marines who basically decide they kind of hate both sides now. They're almost pre-renegade renegades. Mm. Um, and they the reason they're called Black Shields is they paint over all of their Legion symbols and don't associate with their previous um, identities. Um, whereas Shattered Legions are, we're going to gather as much strength as we can and we're still standing for the Emperor and for mm. our Primarchs and for our Legions. Um, but yeah, good question. I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I think, think it's the uh, the best way of doing it would be, I guess, allies. Yeah, but doing you can only like ally a, one. Yeah, so you'd only get two legions present. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. or you choose something like, say, the Ultramarines, which is a quite a basic 
standard legion and paint your legion paint the models in the three legions and use the ultramarines um like advanced reaction and um traits because yeah. they're very generic space marine mm. i mean you could do but then you lose a lot of strength that you get in the others you could so, do the alpha legion get yeah the three that's a good way of doing it actually you bring them as alpha legion and, and just have them as as renegades yeah you don't alpha legion can be both right so alpha they can, can be, be whatever you want them to be so you can play them as loyalists and you know your tax squads are painted salamanders or whatever the only thing is you'll only ever get the flavor of one legion unless you take isn't there a right of war where you can take three or something yeah yeah but they i have think to they all have from to the be same, from the same legion, legion. Uh, so you still have that problem really there's not a way completely around it i i haven't looked whether they're part of the legacy rules or anything but they're only units aren't they i don't think mm. they've got right of wars that they took out and then you can still take or yeah interesting maybe they are to come who knows for the disciples of the flames for example i if i was going to do them on a tabletop i would take them as salamanders yeah. because that seems to be the primary makeup of them with some added extras mm -hmm. um, and try and ally in one of those at least so you get a little bit of flavor and then paint a few of the units in the third legion to represent them and they kind of uh, change their appearance a bit anyway. So um, we're going to go through kind of the epic tale of the uh, Disciples of the Flames and their journeys on the Ebon Drake, which lead to the Mezoan campaign, which is kind of what they're really known for um, in, the, in the lore and in the books. Um, but first, yeah, just to go over their kind of appearance and how they change to represent them. So I was just looking up to see if I could take three individual units from different legions or one three from one and I just had a wonderful thought the saboteur which can't be shot by yeah, yeah, friendly yeah. units I could use all of the praetor models from all of the legions to represent the saboteur that would be great versus who I'm playing and then that when, would be cool. when he is no longer like masked replace it with my saboteur model yeah 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 <gasps> that's cool that would be really cool no well I will give you a night lord character okay if, if, genuinely reach out to everyone say this is your plan, I would happily go, here's the thing, and I'll build you an ultramarine one. Yeah. That's like, because my ultramarine, well, my, my ultramarine HQs are tanks, so it doesn't really work. I could take a tank. But, <laughs> you should be a transformer. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm a but, tank, I'm a tank, I'm a tank. Yeah, I'd, tank. I'd happily do that. Um, I'll ask, I'll ask people. Yeah. And you cool. can still paint it and stuff, especially my Night Lord ones and none of the HQs. All the extra HQs I've got built that aren't painted, I've got like five. I'll just go, this one looks kind of cool, but I don't have a plan for him. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to message people. I think uh, that's cool. If they can't, then they can't. But I'll just buy the buy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But... but it might save you a little bit of cash. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Disciples of the Flames. Yep. Sorry. We're, Sorry. We're getting distracted today. It's good though. It's nice. I like it. Um so, yeah, like I say, we're going to go through the, the epic tale and the histories and how these guys formed and where they found themselves during the heresy, um, even though all mentions of them have actually been cleansed from the records of their parent legion, which I found interesting. Um, the information gleaned from them is primarily from the data vaults of Noble Mazoa, which is a planet which we will hear about in a moment. Um, the Warband's ultimate fate is kind of unknown, it's worth saying. So they are potentially playable in 40k as well, which I think is kind of cool. Um, now, the history of the Disciples of the Flame is hinted at 
already being kind of complicated, as you can kind of tell. Um, but their appearance changes as they come together. So typical of Legion of Stars in this kind of formation, the Disciples of the Flames were much changed in appearance by the time they reach Mazoa, um, which they are famously known for. Uh, much of the Salamander's Spartan heraldry uh, that was worn on the outset of the Eben Drake's voyage is dramatically altered. The original drab green armour of those legionaries was often obscured by patterns of black ash and fire, along with ritual images of the dragon revenant and Vulcan. So it's not like they painted over their armour, they were like ashamed to be salamanders, but they changed their image potentially to bring in um, the other legions so they could feel more at home and, and adapt their look to this but also to represent their history, like the Black Ash of Isfahan mm. 5. Um, they also suspended on chains uh, across their armour, engraved bones and fragments of battle plate from the fallen of Isfahan 5, which is kind of cool, carrying their comrades with them uh, as vengeance tokens, kind of. Um, the insignia worn by the Disciples of the Flames consists of a flaming drake's head, similar in appearance to the Salamander's original Legion iconography. Um, it's subtly corrupted, um, and and corrupted is an interesting word there. I think altered is probably mm, a better one. Yeah. Um, due to the influence of Cassian Dracos, who we will hear about shortly. Um, often the Legion insignia was replaced by devotional images of the Primarch Vulcan, who they had hope that was still alive um, after Isfahan Five, and they also. Um, had suspended from some of their legionnaire pauldrons pages of the writings of Xiaphus Jor, or Jar, um, the so-called prophecies of the flame. Um, and these became very synonymous with the disciples of the flame. So yeah, you've kind of got this interesting altered look salamanders where some Iron Hands and Raven Guard have um, almost, I guess, become believers of the prophecies of the flame. And these develop as the journey of the Eben Drake goes forth from Isfahan 5. Right. In that roundabout way, I think we're ready to start the journey. So, Sam. Well, every journey starts with a great abandonment of the son from their father. <laughs> so, before Vulcan's departure to go and uh, curb the traitor's enthusiasm to being traitors... <laughs> sure, sure. Um, he designated the Lord Chaplain Nomus Raitan as Keeper of Nocturne and the ward, uh, the Warden of the Legion's future. So, like most times when a, uh, a Primarch goes away, they basically elect someone to be them in their absence. So, I think uh, the only real one that comes to mind is probably the um, Space Wolves, where they sort of uh, left some contemptors on the planet. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so when they go, they, they normally lead, elect a, uh, a person to be the voice of the Primarch. So um, as well as uh, electing um, the chaplain as the, the, the voice, the Primarch also left behind a reserve company stationed at the Legion's Fortress Monastery on ne uh, Nocturne's moon, uh, Prometheus, as well as a small corps of Fire Drake veterans. You know, kind of like a skeleton crew to keep the stuff moving, defend it if something like, I don't know, a little little bit of an uprising, but mainly yeah. just, a, just a kind of token crew. Um, in the Primarch's absence, um, 
the Salamander's instruction cadre had continued their recruitment efforts. So they continued to try to replenish the Legion, try to, to get more people from Nocturne itself. Um, several new companies could be formed from those neophytes having accomplished their training and deemed ready to don their power armor. Um, despite this new influx, the remaining Salamanders were deemed to, to, uh, too few to both defend Nocturne and send out a grand expedition. So um, the chaplain was fully aware that he must act for without proper intelligence, he was at the equal risk of failing his duties as the Keeper of Nocturne and the protectors of the Salamander's homeworld. Um, so unable to send a fleet to investigate the fate of their Primarch, who at this point hadn't sent word for a while, um, and their Legion brothers, Wrighton decided to send a ship instead. His choice was the prototype assault cruiser, the Ebon Drake. Um, the reason it's, in a, it's a prototype is because this was one of the first cruisers to be completely crewed by Space Marines. So it didn't mm -hmm. require humans to, to, to really yeah. run it. I, I assume they probably still had like the um the navigator, because I don't know I don't think space oh, yeah. would be navigators. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would but, still have been a navigator. But primarily this was one of the first recorded ships to be a so, a, a full space marine crew. Um obviously the chaplain could not lead the expedition because he still needed to be the warden of Nocturne. Um, so he chose both the members of the Eben Drake's company and their commander. As the warship's mission was to discover the fate of the Legion, the Lord Chaplain ensured that each of the seven realms of Nocturne could be represented. Choosing the best and the most promising warriors from the neophytes recently inducted into the, Leg into the Legion. To make up for their lack of experience, Wrighton also attached uh, 30 of his own fire drakes to the Eben Drake, all seasoned warriors who would bolster the neophytes resolve should they meet some unforeseen enemies. This would be a fantastic, like, salamander-themed army, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think when you look at the kind of slight alteration to their imagery that comes, yeah, yeah. knowing the end of this story, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you could have a, a unique-looking salamander's force of these, you know, neophytes but and even, some fire you could, drakes. You could do them and... at this stage, right? And just yeah, have you them could, yeah. Off. yeah. Just, like, yeah, just yeah. nice and new. You could even, dare I say, slowly alter them as you play mm. and just have them in there, like the drab green as it's referred to, you know, the green of the salamanders and slowly add black ash and flames and pictures of dragons and things. That would be kind of, and all these little trophies and bits mm. of armor that they've got hanging off them, mm. slowly alter rather than corrupt their mm. image. I think that would be really cool. That would be good. Um, as the leader of, the, of this company, Numus Raitan appointed one of his own students, a young officer of proximal birth, Lieutenant Chaplain Xiphus Jur. I'm just going to call it Jur now because that's much easier than Xiphus. Um, to denote the importance of the mission, Raitan also gifted Jur with a burning halo, uh, an iron halo of tremendous power forged by Vulcan himself. Um, under the impulse of, uh, of Jur, the Ebon Drake soon left Nocturne um, from the start of their voyage. From the start of their voyage, Lieutenant Chaplain Joe gave his crew no respite, pushing the ship itself, its crew and its legionnaires to the limits of their abilities through the punishing regime of combat drills. Where uh, aetheric interference and warp storms worsened, um, the crew of the Ebon Drake would not be able to set a course directly to its intended location, but would need to take a far more extended and cautious route. The Ebon Drake was at Sulius, the Lord of Sulius, 
uh, had chosen to isolate themselves from their neighbours, enforcing their isolation through the use of heavily fortified gun platforms and lumbering defence monitors. So I've missed a little bit here, but the Evan Drake, whilst they're kind of making their short little jumps, making the cautious route around to get to Istvan, uh, Istvan 5, um, they happen across this world, Sulius. Um, and when they get there, they sort of like hail it um, and they uh, they approach with messages of support from Nocturne um, and instead they're they're fired upon and then they're insulted, which I can imagine Salamanders don't take too kindly to. Like they love humans, obviously, a little bit mm-hmm. too much, some would say, but being insulted probably wouldn't get their uh, get their, their, their juices flowing. Not in the right way anyway. Um, so... Sullius chose to no longer recognise the Emperor or Warmaster as their ruler, so they, they effectively went a bit separatist and a bit on their own. Um, the Salamanders of the Ebon Drake saw this as such an affront to the spirit of the Great Crusade, um, and they saw this to be intolerable. Sullius <laughs> needed to be punished and crushed into submission. Of course. Over the next three solar days, the Ebon Drake knocked out one gun platform after another. Each orbital station scoured clean by the vengeful Salamanders' boarding parties, and Jur led many of the assaults personally. The world's defence monitors and um, uh, and interdiction barges could not match the prototype cruiser's sheer speed, and the Ebon Drake easily evaded all attempts to run her down or surround her. The Salamander's final objective was the principal orbital station, which was qu- quickly cleared of the uh, the Soli Auxilia regiment guarding it before it was crippled and uh, the station's gravity engines letting the entire facility crash down upon the Golden Palace. Um, uh, the Golden Palace City of Sulis ruling elite. Um, when this the is Ebon... quite harsh for the salamanders. Mm. Well, the thing is, right? These this salamanders, is like angry, angry salamanders. But these are like these are like teenage angst salamanders, right? They kind of are, yeah. Daddy's yeah. left them, and does they don't know where he is? They don't know the fate of half of their legion. These are like I reckon these salamanders are like scared. They're scared of what's going on. They haven't heard from Vulcan and. Getting here and going, hey, yeah, we're salamanders. We are, we are uh, friends of humans. Any friends to... pass through here? Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're 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 here to help you. Like, obviously, having a bit of bother, and then to be turned on by the humans yeah. would be even more of an affront. So I reckon Jer, being an unbloodied captain or unbloodied leader, he's a chaplain, isn't he? He's, didn't yeah. he say? Yeah, he was. He's, um, a... he's basically like a chaplain in learning. Yeah. So he hasn't got that kind of wisdom and patience no. that other uh, so chaplains have. So rather than go, you know what, we should probably talk to these humans, figure yeah. out what's or going on. Or just let's leave we them went, alone. Yeah, or leave them alone. <laughs> they went, let's systematically destroy every defence they have and then throw it at them. Well, <laughs> destroying all the defences makes tactical sense. It's the fact that they go, we're going to cut his gravity engine so that it falls on the planet below, yep. killing a bunch of people. What I think is worse is they then... Don't even bother going to the planet. <laughs> they then just they just leave the system. Amazing. So, so the Ebon Drake leaves the system, yeah. and the world, the Sulius has no defenses, um, and no way of resisting the Imperium anymore. Um, but this does actually then cause Sulius to fall to the hands of the Warmaster because Warmaster turns up, <laughs> they have no, no way to defend, and, and then it was the Imperium that attacked them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, interesting. Is I can I'm just that alone gives me reason of why they've been uh, maybe wiped from the record of the Salamanders. Well, what in this when I was doing the research, it does talk about how actually there is no firm 
like record of this. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. all of the, the stuff that we're learning now is all taken from Jer's personal record, mm. which doesn't really exist anymore. Like it's kind of fragmentation and stuff. So this is a lot of this is the believed story. Hearsay. Hearsay. And yeah. But anyway, um, over to Neil. Uh, it makes sense that they did it because it could make the uh, neophytes blooded. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Had that I think other than experience. throwing the 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 gun at the city, I'm all for it. Yeah, but knowing the salamanders and knowing how Vulcan is, I'm not entirely sure he would have been that happy with that tactic. Like that feels more like, dare I say, like Night Lord esque. Like we're just gonna rain on the ruling elite. Everyone's gonna get scared of us, and then we just win. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. the only difference is they didn't go to the planet and skin a bunch of them, yeah. which no. the Night Lords would have done. But <laughs> I, think, I think it's worse, right? They, from what I understand, they didn't go to the planet at all. So they threw yeah. this thing on the planet. and They went, "All right, yeah, we're done now." Yeah, told <laughs> you a lesson. See you and, later. And just left. Yeah, like that's not that's they didn't bring it to submission. They just hurt it a lot and then walked away. Yeah, yeah. It's almost but, like you said something mean, so I'm going to screw you over and then see you later. It's like... It's, like, it's interesting. It's like your toddler insulting you, you just tripping him and then walking away from him. Yeah, kind of, I like, suppose, yeah. Like, cool. Um, I feel vindicated, so <laughs> good luck. <laughs> wow. Um, right, so following these events, uh, the path of the Ebon Drake uh, gets even more obscure. And... Basically, it can only be pieced together from fragmentary logs uh, that are recovered from the Ebon Drake's wreckage. Oh, spoilers. Doesn't the the Ebon Drake get taken... No, I don't know. See, I have this this, this vision in my head of reading the story, and I can't remember if it's part of the Tome of Fire series or not, about them discovering some ship, but... It's probably not. And yeah, I've just probably put two and two together and got 20 <laughs> here. Um, but basically, uh, the Evan Drake's wreckage is, is discovered during the Great Scouring following the heresy. Um, there's mention of three legionaries that mysteriously vanish um, when the ship passes through a warp storm known as the Oasis of Nightmare. Uh, they also have an encounter with a strange crystalline Xenos craft of unknown, unknown creation. Uh, and the encounter soon turns to violence. The ship fires upon the Ebon Drake, leaving it crippled in space by cutting off the power. But other than that, no permanent damage is done. Oh, I like that. He's been taken down a peg or two. Yeah. That made me feel better. Um, There's always someone with a bigger stick. Exactly. And by the time they get the power restored after a few days, the ship is, the Xenos ship has left. Yeah, wow, gone, interesting. Gone, so who knows what it was. Uh, there are also reports from Valthrundnir, uh, a world that was only brought into compliance recently, and mentions a sighting of a craft marked with the sigil of a great black dragon crewed by void devils. <laughs> void devils who nice. knows I mean this could be a description of the Ebon Drake it might not be I mean void devils is quite I, I like the term void devils it's cool uh, what else have we got we've got um, the Ebon Drake circumventing the maelstrom 
uh, and occasionally encountering, encountering other Imperial vessels or traitor vessels. Uh, the Iron Warriors report that one of their great vessels, the Grand Cruiser Grim Paragon, uh, encountered it. Uh, and one of several, it was one of several uh, line units left behind at Olympia, and it was heavily damaged when it intercepted a vessel. A vessel. A vessel. Uh, it was heavily damaged when it intercepted a vessel of no known class bearing the markings of the Salamander Legion. That seems to fit the Eben Drake if it's this prototype. Um, and then there are logs state that the unknown vessel was entering the system seeking information about Istvan 5. Ah. So, probably the Evan Drake. Yeah. What else have we got? We've got... Uh, it was probably damaged during this encounter with the Iron Warriors, um, and it was forced to stop at the Vorge world of Anvilus. Once a bastion of imperial might uh, and a great storehouse for ammunition and weaponry. However, while it's far away from the front lines, the Warmaster's shadow has already fallen up upon the planet. Mm. And so they get there and they find war and strife. They find two factions, loyalists and traitors fighting over a world. Hmm, I wonder where this has happened before. Um, <laughs> and basically they approach the planet and they end up in everyone's crosshairs as opposed to just one side. Yeah, that seems to be a thing, right? You read again and again of these kind of moments of this almost a, a company of Marines that are almost outside the central narrative. Yeah. And they appear upon a thing and both sides are like, we don't trust you. And these guys are like, what? We've just got here. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, and so they slowly approach. They encounter basically two almost identical Mechanicus fleets. Um, at which point they're bomb the ship is bombarded with Fox, bro Fox broadcasts of seemingly incoherent machine code. Scrap code, basically. Oh, trying God. to then gain control of the ship. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, because of its prototype design uh, and such a powerful machine spirit, it couldn't be cracked. So they only suffered minor damage to non-essential systems. Uh, so the ship was pretty much still largely combat worthy. Largely. Largely. <laughs> no. It's only a little on fire. It's all right. The microwave's out of action. We can't use that. We'll worry about that later. It's fine. It's fine, guys. The it's coffee okay. machine's down. We've got yeah. problems. The table's now a little wobbly, but it's okay. Um, so Jure doesn't want to get involved in the internal strife. Um, basically orders all available power diverted to the engines so that they can get out of the system. Uh, they're able to evade the shots from the approaching ships. However, they aren't able to evade the boarding torpedoes. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, they get boarded by um, murder servitors. Oh, yeah, those things are scary. Murder uh, servitors. Murder servitors. Where, which book were we reading when they were, they were, I think they were in prison cells underneath um, Terror, and then the servitors were on the bridges, and the bridges basically were gone, and then the servitors basically stood there, and as you walk towards them, they basically like click on and start cycling up, and then they realise who you are and stop. Like, that would be terrifying. Like, yeah. I think I would... Zombie, 
zombie humans with guns welded to them would be more scary than a robot, I think. Probably. Yeah, I think I could deal with a robot trying to kill me, but a servitor, which has a human face. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, still kind of a robot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's the human face thing, I think. Mm. Yeah. So they've managed to get rid of all the uh, the intruders, um, but the last series of ill-fated encounters have cost the Evan Drake dearly. The outer hull has sustained serious damage at this point, um, and numerous internal systems need to be purged or repaired from the scrap code. Um, it's always scrap code, isn't it? It's always scrap yeah. code. The virus code. Um, so they need to go and get a refit and an influx of new crew. Otherwise, the mission will fail. Mm. So, that brings them on to their next location. They decide, oh, no, we'll go and visit our brothers in red. They go to Baal. Good. The good place to go. The home world of the Blood Angels, the Sparkly Marines. We we are sparkly at this point. Um, and they're a bit hesitant, because... After Olympia, loads of them have been shot. <laughs> we're like, I don't know if we want to come too close, but they hail the Blood Angels and they're welcomed. Um, they've only got a again skeleton crew because the Primarch is currently in the outer rim at the Cygnus cluster. Oh trying no! To, trying to pacify. That's fine. It's okay. Oh no! It just pacify. Gets a little, we get a little fally. It's fine. Oh no! <laughs> Trying to pacify the Cygnus cluster. Hmm. Um, but Jura might might have hoped for sympathy from their own uh, for their own mission, and yeah, they were greeted by the veterinary legionary warden Arkad. Right. Uh, where are we? God, there's a lot here. There is a lot here. Um, they managed to limp into a bit of the uh, Legion's Fortress Monastery where they're able to secure a place at an orbital dock and conduct the repairs they needed. Uh, The Warden extends his courtesy to Jura's company um, so the ship can be fully resupplied, a decision that he would later come to regret. Interesting. Um... See, following the tragic outcome of the drop site massacre, Baal had become a, a, a following the tragic outcome of the drop site massacre, Baal had become a safe haven for a multitude of imperial formations falling back from the northern edge of the galaxy. Whilst Baal did not feel as isolated as Nocturne and was bustling with activity from a host of Astartes drawn from different legions, the world still carried the same despondent air as the Salamander's homeworld. Um, it's on Baal that the Ebon Drake's crew learn the horrific truth of what happened. Um, obviously, at which point, woe is me. Yeah, because I guess the Blood Angel at that point would have been like, hey, have you not heard? Vulcan's gone. Because yeah. no one knows where Vulcan went, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know he was captured by... Um... He disappears in an explosion of flame. Yes, and there is a giant explosion of like, he gets a nuke basically dropped on him. Um, and yeah, then no one can find him. Yeah, he's just gone. So, how does 
Kurz get him? He finds him. Yeah. Oh, so he finds him. He <laughs> so he like, takes him. He doesn't teleport him out before the nuke drops. No, anyway. no, 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 no. No, he like blows up, but spoilers: Vulcan can't really die very easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Kurz takes him and tortures him and sends his mind mentor and then kicks him out of a spaceship and then he falls to um, a planet where lots of other Primarchs are and then we have Unremembered Empire and then then he gets his sane mind back, kinda. Um, and that's where I'm at in the heresy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, they've learned the, the, the truth. They're all a bit mega down. As a pot, as a, as a, as a as <laughs> that's a good way be, to put it. Yeah, mega down. As, as, as you would be learning that your gene sire, your father of the legion, has died and can't be fa- or can't be found. Um, so the warden has ordered uh, the building of several surrogate tombs in memory of these the primarchs lost, um, and also the other heroes that were believed to have been slain on Istvan Five. Um, Even though it's a bleak hour, the crew can rejoice because they are uh, rejoined by members of the Legion that have made their way back to Baal. Ah. So, yeah, they've got a few more people, a few more experienced Marines. They're, and they've seen some stuff. <laughs> if they were at S15, they saw some stuff. They were, they, were, they were a wee bit damaged. A wee bit damaged. A wee bit damaged. Um. So these survivors are led by Praetor Captain Kartor, who was once one once numbered as one of the most valiant sons of Nocturne um, from the city Themis. Um, however, his spirits have been broken as a result of the uh, the battle um, and seen so many of his battle brothers die. Um, but when Xiphus announces that he's going to continue with his mission now, he's fully resupplied. Um, Kator went as so far to forbid any of his legionaries to join up, even mm-hmm. though Jew has been like, "Right, Let's come go. with us. Let's go find out. We're going to go and find the Primarch." He's like, "No, you're staying here." Um, But some do decide to go, even with uh, Kator's misgivings. 38 legionaries join up um, and are put in the same, in charge of the relatively inexperienced squad members. And also, 17 battered but unbroken Raven Guard uh, also join as well. Again, Shattered Legion, this would be such a good. Like basis for it's surprising that it's no longer there. I think the rules were a little wonky, right? And maybe they've in this certain edition of Heresy, they've gone like, oh, let's make it simple to start with. Maybe we'll reintroduce the idea I with mean, some. It would be know. good to do them as a book. I mean, you could do demons, shattered legions, yeah, all in one. I mean, they they, they do appear in 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 the Heresy novels, hmm. but yeah, you could probably. Put more effort into them. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the thing that I like about this is is how they how these survivors from the drop site have managed to get to Baal. Mm. So, most of them were on 
the Thunderhawk Ohidoran, which then managed to seize a Night Lord's cruiser called oh, Warlock, <laughs> which they then escaped on. So they've stolen they've stolen a Night Lord's cruiser yeah. uh, to get back. And yeah, it's just wow, this is awesome. We've got also joining them are Terminators in Cataphracti, uh, bearing the bleak black and silver emblem of the Iron Hands. So they've now got a squad of Terminators in Cataphracti armor joining them as well. Mm, I like that there's this much details on yeah. who's there because you go, okay, like again, going back to the tabletop, you go, okay, I'm going to bring some Terminators in cataphracting and paint them iron hands. You know, that's a really good way of getting the iron hands in there. And then maybe you bring the Raven Guard as an allied detachment mm. to represent that. It's only 17, so you'd have to think about that. But yeah, um, yeah, you could do, like, you're already starting to see the force appearing on the table, which is quite cool. So, the reason... Uh, Arkad, Warden Arkad's um, happily welcoming of the Eben Drake uh, wasn't the best thing to do was because he's really against sending out a fully armed a fully armed Astartes cruiser out to go and hunt and search for the Prime Arcs encountering traitors. He would much rather they would stay on the planet and help defend Baal Hmm. Uh, against potential traitors coming. Coward. I, I guess the thing is, right, um, if you send out is one fully stocked cruiser, yeah. but it's one cruiser, you come across a fleet, you're done. Yeah. And if anything, you just give all that stuff to the traitors who are mm -hmm. just going to go, yep, I'll have that. However. I still think coward. He did have uh, to let cowardly them go. Cowardly blood angel. He did have to let them go because uh, Jor basically pointed the bombardment cannons at Bile's orbital docks <laughs> and said, if you don't let us go, we'll blow it up. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like this is in a book. Yeah, this is all yeah. from the books. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what book it was. I can't remember. Maybe it was, maybe it was, um, uh, what's it called? The one where Sanguinius has a little bit of a tussle with a demon. No, I don't think no. it's that book. I think it's, um, oh, what's it called? Don't know if it's a short stories one. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to remember right now. That's fine. But yeah, answers on a postcard as usual. Yeah. So leaving Baal behind, uh, the Evan Drake found the warp becoming ever more turbulent as they closed within the Isfan system. Yet the Salamander's vessel stayed true to her course, guided as if it was um, through the keen eye of its navigator. The ship logs and other accounts and records from the vessel's crew indicate that the standoff with the, his fellow loyalists at Baal had considerably shaken Jer. He'd clearly, uh, even though he was trying to stay strong and he's seeing so many downhearted faces and experiences and stories, it's starting to take its toll. Yeah. He had intended to make one last stop before settling course for Isfahan at the Great Armada Imperialis, mustering point of Port Moor. But Warden Arkhad's parting words had stirred the embers of doubt within the chaplain's mind, 
and more and more often Jer sought counsel not with his fellow legionaries, but those occult rituals of augury and divination native to his birth world of Proximal Secundus. In particular, Xiphus Jer began conducting rituals of the Draken Aska ceremony, the Dragon's Ash ritual, an obscure practice with the Prometheum cult, uh, which was barely tolerated by the Primarch himself. There's dangerous things when you let someone go off who's not quite ready to, mm. to lead, potentially. Some lessons to be learned here. Um, be at the hands of one of his rituals, or through the benefit of his own intellect, Jer's choice to avoid contact, even with those believed to be his allies, proved to be an excellent choice. For unknown to the Salamanders, Port Moore and the entire Manachean Commonwealth had already been corrupted by Horus's armies. So he avoided the bullet there, basically. <laughs> now, the warp storms of the region of space were so fierce that effectively cast the impenetrable veil around Isfahan's system. A veil neither the navigator nor Astropath was able to pierce. So it's just this dense cloud of psychic energy that made it almost impossible to navigate. Uh, Jer had sworn an oath to uh, Raitan, an oath he bore on his flesh thanks to the votive forge inside Jer's quarters. He would reach his farm five and discover the Primarch's fate no matter what. Sensor blind with its Gellerfield straining under the stress of the difficult crossing, the Ebon Drake punched through the ravening tides of the warp and the violence of the storms forced them to, to, uh, forced them to conduct an emergency translation back into real space at the very edge of the Isfahan system. They made it! Facing a host of unknowns, Jer ordered every soul on board the Ebon Drake to battle stations, even before the tri ship translated back into reality. With its weapons armed and every Astartes aboard ready to repel boarders, the Ebon Drake entered the Isfahan system ready for battle. While Jer expected to be greeted by the guns of the Warmast marshalled fleet, or even a monumental shrine of his great treachery, the Ebon Drake found only the cold remains of a battle site. The vista that greeted Jer and his companions made for a, blurry, a very bleak sight. In the swathes of space between the planets of the Isfahan system, great hulks and debris filled the void, the broken remains of once-proud Legion Astartes starships left to rot in space. Even as they closed within Isfahan 5, the crude pits dug in by the traitors to dispose of the bodies could be seen from space. That's just insane. That's in. Yeah. The slain, uh, having been stripped of every piece of usable equipment by the Adeptus Mechanicus reclamation columns, um, and with no vast armada or grand palace celebrating Horace's victory to vent their rage upon, doubt again began to assail Jer's mind. So he was almost hoping for a fight. Mm. He wanted to turn up and, and act vengeance upon these traitors, but found no one. Where were the War Master's armies? The crew of the Ebon Drake thought the Traitor Legion's absence only added to their many questions, none of which could really be easily answered. Mm. Uh, making its way through the remains of the void battle that clearly took place, the Ebon Drake reached high orbit above uh, Isfahan 5 without any enemy waiting for them in ambush. Nevertheless, her crew refused to relax 
and the absence of enemy vessels only serving to make more resentful and cautious decisions. And despite the total absence of resistance, it would take Jur several solar hours to ascertain that they were indeed alone uh, before letting the first drop craft leave the cruiser's hangar bays. Just very, very cautious. Which is kind of at odds at how they've been so mm, far yeah. as well. They've been very bold and brash and bumping into people and things and going, hey, we're these people. And here he is kind of spending hours just debating on whether to send a drop craft down to the planet. For three solar days, heavily armed search parties roamed the dust plains, witnessing the extent of the losses suffered by the three shattered legions. Jer did not tread the surface of Isfahan 5, but chose to remain aboard the Ebon Drake, casting augury after augury, while the ship's sensors and augers swept the surface in endless new sweep configurations. All the loyalist legionnaires found was ruin, wreckage and the silent corpses of the dead, with no sign whatsoever of the fates of Vulcan, Ferris Manus, or Corvus Corax. It was only on the third solar day that things changed. Led by the feverish half-dreams of Jur, who had not allowed himself to rest since the departure from Baal, the cruiser's sensor de- de- uh, detected an anomaly uh, in the geologic strata of one of the glass planes of the Urgal Depression. Many words. <laughs> a testimony to the traitor's use of atomic weaponry to finish off the last of the loyalists. So, you know, think Halo, they glassed the planet. <laughs> Just absolute laser beam from space to kill all the last remnants. Yeah, I'm, 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 I know where I am now. Oh, okay, cool. I've just, I've just sort of shot ahead and been... Well, like, spoilers, oh, sir. Oh, oh, I know what this is, yes. <laughs> the object shown on the auger readings seemed to be of significant mass and of, of unknown composition. Better yet, it was broadcasting a faint, almost undetectable signal of an exotic wavelength known to the highest echelons of the salamander's command structure. If it hadn't been for Jur's insistence and strange practices, they might have missed the transmission, dismissing it as some lingering radioactivity. Morale, which had ebbed considerably since their arrival at Isfahan 5, flared to new heights as many legionaries assembled on the planet's surface lacking heavy machinery suited to do this kind of delicate excavation work, the crew of the Ebon Drake tore at the fused black sand with their combat blades and even their bare hands. I'm guessing armoured hands, but Mm. you get the picture. In ominous silence, the work parties laboured for an entire day until they uncovered a massive metallic object, blacker even than the black sand they had been digging in where it had rested for more than a standard year. So it just kind of puts into perspective the time and how long it takes for word to reach places. Because it feels like this is all happening in like a week, right? This is a year from the Battle of Isfahan 5. Even though it had been fused by unimaginable heat, scoured and scorched by atomic fire and abandoned to rot beneath the surface, the object they had torn from the dark heart of Isfahan 5 was unmistakably an armoured sarcophagus of a Mark IV Castaferum pattern dreadnought. All of its limbs, save the stump of its right arm, had been shorn away in the gruesome battle, um, and the ornate heraldry worked into what remained of its hull still proudly proclaimed the identity of the dreadnought's occupant, Cassian Dracos, the last man to have 
borne the title of the Master of the 18th Legion. So he was the head head of the table when um, they reunited with Vulcan, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly an important figure of the, the Legion's history. Consulting a readout of the Shattered Legion's dead, one of the Legionnaires confirmed that Cassian Vaughan had not been confirmed as killed in action. And there, on the barren grey plains of the Urgal Depression, surrounded by the wreckage of the dead of his legion, Xiphus Jur, with shaking hands, connected the sarcophagus to an external vox unit, and the haunting hypnotic voice of a man twice dead rumbled forth over the assembled warriors of the three Astartes legions. And it said this, You come seeking our father, but he is not here. I searched for him on the field of battle until they struck me down with a sword of flame, that scorched the very heavens, and yet I did not die. I searched for him in the endless vaults of the dead, where the crushing blackness tore at my very soul, and yet I endured. I was tested once again through the crucible, and I tell you this, Vulcan does not walk among the dead. So these words rallied the troops. They rallied all of the assembled um, space marines that their primarchs may still live. And where Matt said before the... The, the morale was, was ebbing and, and, and lowering. This revitalized the Marines to, to be um, more happy. More happy, no, more, more, more motivated to go and find their Primarch. So the battered sarcophagus of the Iron Dragon was transported back to the Ebon Drake. Evidence confirmed those who had trod on the surface of Istvan V had also left with a number, number of mementos including pieces of shattered armour taken from the corpses of their fallen brothers and turned into talismans. So as Matt said very early on, they have chains and talismans yeah. and sections of armour yeah. taken from their fallen brothers from Mr. Von Five. Yeah. It's a really cool look that's very unique. You don't, mm. like, no other legion is certainly doing that yet. Yeah. And I suppose the closest would be, like, Night Lords have got bits of severed bodies hanging off them and skin. Yes. Mm. But, you know, mm. and Space Wolves have always had the trinkets, but... Yeah, it'd be just kind of crazy seeing all these, like, as they walk, these jingly bits of, like, Mark Three plate yeah. fragments. Do the white scars have any similar? Um, Do they not have, like, protection stuff, I think. talismans and all that jazz? Yeah, maybe. I don't know enough about white scars lore. They probably do. They have the storm seers, don't they, which mm. are very similar to rune priests. Yeah. So the Ebon Drake lingered in the short, uh, for a short time in the Istvan system, during which Cassian Dracos began to exert his influence on the company, slowly turning them towards Disciples of the Flame. Most dreadnoughts craved sleep, although Cassian Dracos refused all offers of hibernation without uh, outside help, the Vulcan forged shell slowly began to restore his systems, a tech miracle that only served to bolster Cassian Dracos' growing legend. It's kind of crazy. Not like some rebuilding tech wizardry going on. So he's like a perpetual of tech. <laughs> a detectual. I mean, he's definitely not a perpetual for the no. fact that he's in a dreadnought. <laughs> a detectual. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, apart from the changed physical appearance due to the ordeal, he had survived, obviously missing arms. Um, Dracor's mental state was also affected by the isolation. I mean, he'd been on his own for a year. Can you imagine that? Just living inside your own head for a year. Floating in a box. Yeah, <laughs> no way. No, thank you. Um, um, he was frequently lost to prolonged periods of near incoherent procrastinations and memories like Neil from painting. Um, many 
of the ship's company came to him to receive wisdom and prophecy. Um, for the sh- for a few short solar days, the Eben Drake stayed in orbit around Istvan Five, and the followers began to modify their heraldry in a myriad of devotional icons forged with the greatest of care by the capable hands of the artisans of Noctem. In honour of the venerable dreadnought, many legionnaires scorched their emerald battle plate black and applied images of fiery flames glowing from embers of the artistic renditions of Vulcan upon it. Compiled by the compiled by the diligent hands of Jer, who took the title of the Prophet of Fire. The Eben Drake's company quickly changed, even with their own chronicles. The crew of the Eben Drake increasingly referred to themselves as the Disciples of Flames. Their normal leader now... Cassian Dracos. It's getting a bit of cult, isn't it? The thing that Mm -hmm. I find really interesting, right, is, all right, there's some tech crazy stuff going on and this guy who shouldn't be alive, even though he kind of died because he's in a dreadnought anyway, uh, is is still alive. But we've just read he's spends hours incoherently babbling stuff and his mental state isn't great and they go, I know, let's make him our leader. leader. We will follow him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's even creepier is Vaughn's influence and strange charisma also affected the ship's servitors and automator, which became unreliable in his presence. Several of the sh- of the simple automator that usually perform the role, uh, that perform the more mundane maintenance task around the Evan Drake, developed um, subroutines in their neurocortexes, which had to be forcibly reprogrammed back to their original task. <laughs> Seemingly without orders, several high-grade servitors from the armorum, armorium, um, the armory, um, detached themselves from their routines and formed a, a cohort around the dreadnought. A little bit weird. Starting to sound like some kind of scrap code craziness. Yeah. Yep. With their original mission fulfilled, many amongst the vessel's crew assumed the Eben Drake would eventually head back to Nocturne and report to the Lord Chaplain Ritem. But Crassian Dracos, now he has his occult, um, would not allow such a such a recourse to be plotted. Instead, the inscrutable dreadnought insisted that they set course for the Cronid Deeps, and more specifically, the Forge World of Forge World of Moser. A little tidbit uh, before Neil takes us out: the Cronid Deeps is very close to Hivani Prime. Oh, the that's, law. That's that's away. around the bit of space where Hivani Prime stands. Indeed, it does. Um, so slightly weird. He's basically started a cult. Yes. Very strange. Also, something that I think I missed in my introduction is is there's rumours that more towards 40k that some potential iron warriors have joined the Disciples of the Flame. <laughs> We're talking 40k iron warriors. We're yeah, not yeah. talking, you know, um, we still love the Emperor iron warriors. Okay. Now, it's all just hearsay and there's no records. So, you know, we don't even know if they still exist. But again, this would be a really cool, really cool force. One of those might have been Draco. Possibly. Um, right. So the Mizoan campaign, the greatest victory of the Disciples of the Flame, is no doubt the successful defence of the loyalist forge world of Mizoa. Uh It became isolated following the rapid conquest of the... Manchian or Manachian uh, Commonwealth by the Sons of Horus. Uh, the militant Forge World had already resisted two prior attempts to bring it to its knees by the traitors. Uh, these traitors were led by Altilion Score of the 
sneaky boys. Sneaky bickies. Yeah. Sneaky he has bickies. a model, right? Uh, I think he this does. guy has a model. Or it was like an event model, maybe? It might be. Ah, oh, yes. It's the Alpha Legion with like the blade that is like I think hip. so, yeah. Um, yes, so Italian score of the Alpha Legion. Uh, the third and final attempt to vanquish Mazoa had led to the creation of one of the largest independent hosts since the drop site massacre. Arriving even as the traitor Armada was closing on Mazoa, the Ebon Drake participated in the void battle above the Forge world before deploying troops to the surface of the besieged world. Re-equipped with gifts of Mazoa's tech adepts, the disciples of, Fla- uh, disciples of the Flames were welcomed as an addition to the Defenders' forces, while Xyphus Jur and Cassian Vaughan's decisive actions helped achieve this much-lauded Imperial victory. But let's not talk about it because but we can't we can't record it because you know they could be naughty boys. They have to have their hands <laughs> wrist slapped. Because they never go back to the Legion, as far as we know. There's no further contact with the Salamanders Legion. It's like we're our own thing now. So they are they were their black shields then. Kind of. They kind of I guess well No, renegades. No, because they, they still no the problem is, right, they're in between because they are part of the Shattered Legions, they still are loyal. Yep. They're not going off on their own in terms of we don't like anyone. Like, they still would bow to... If Vulcan walked in amongst them, they'd all be like, oh, our liege lord. Yes. You know, so they've not become black shields. But they are almost going, what do you think, Dreadnought Man? And he goes, oh, and they go... Okay, crazy dreadnought, let's go there. And what you find out is uh, they, they, as he's walking away, you see right at the bottom of his armor plate manufactured in Mazoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah, they kind of go do their own thing. They've, they've found a, their new identity. It's and a little now, weird, isn't it? Now they will fight for the emperor well, in their own terms. Considering, considering they were basically normal up to the point where they got the dreadnought. Yeah, and do you know what? I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a jump in the way that we've perceived it, yeah. and potentially written as well. I don't know the story that well, but it makes me think of you've got people who have gone through trauma after trauma. They're very new, you know. They're all kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, yeah. and then every time they come across someone, someone shoots at them, <laughs> have an argument. No one wants them around. Someone's telling them they're doing the wrong thing at Baal. They arrive. There's just death and silence. And they're almost broken spiritually. And then they find a hero of their legion um, who should be dead is now like known as the twice dead, the twice dead. who's sp- speaking these prophecies of the flames and um, and just seems like thing like the whole healing like the dreadnought seems to be fixing itself almost and it's like there's something special it's like it's it's the, almost a bit of a smaller story of what was going on throughout the universe the emperor's a god it's like this dreadnought something spiritual is happening here we have not found anything to have faith in other than this yeah so we're going to dive headfirst into it a bit naively, possibly. And that's that's that journey I see that crew have been on. Yeah. 
Um, so it makes sense in a kind of psychological way, trying to find answers, and the only thing they find is this dreadnought that should just not be alive. Who's who's used to be a master of a legion, mm. you know? Who already is a legend, you know? People, they the neophytes would have heard his name as they learnt the legion's histories through their training. So it makes a lot of sense why certainly all the salamanders have just jump on board and go, "Yep, okay, cool, we're there." Um, the other ones, it's not really explained why the Iron Hands and the Raven Guard go, "Yeah, screw it." <laughs> well, I think it's probably again it's it's back to that that great trauma. Yeah. Right? They they've become directionless and actually he offers direction. Yeah. Albeit a weird direction. Very it's strange. still it's still direction, right? Yeah. And and actually I guess if you are alone and you don't know where to go to, you want vengeance for what happened to your brothers, you don't want to stay on Baal mm. because why would we stay on someone else's home world when our home world's out there or our brothers are dying or our Primarch's been slain? Um, and it, it, Space Marines are bred in this context to to be at war, to, to, yeah. be, to be killers, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to go and seek the injustice and right it. So, Yeah. No, and, I think also there's a whole thing that it doesn't necessarily say that every member on the Eben Drake now is like, Oh, holy dreadnought, bow down to thee. No. They might be like, okay, well, we're going to go fight the traitors at Mazoa. Yeah, yeah. Cool, I, wanna, I want traitor blood. I'll be... I'll and be. I'll happily go along with what's going on. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I know I want to go and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Which is worth saying as I'll, well. I'll ride the wave until the wave is no longer... Yeah. Need, until the wave yeah, is no until, longer Yeah, uh, until... Certainly for the Raven Guard and the Iron Hands, they may still be in some vain hope that they'll get a call... They'll go to Mazoa and be like, oh, we've heard that Korax is a maxing survivors to go on this journey. Yeah. And at that point, they could go, yeah, see your Disciples of Flames. Yeah. But for now, that's where they've found themselves and they've got a mission. Yeah. It's where they got their home. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Home, well, their second it? home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And purpose. Yeah. Right. Oh, very cool. That was a good story. I like that. Yeah. So Shall we take a break? Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. The tendrils of the warp are far-reaching and communicating using the great social media anonymicon. Do I? What's that? Do I have to say that? Yeah, it's a keeper anonymicon. Anonymicon. Anyway, it's apparently never been easier. Reach out and connect. Find them on the Adeptus Terror podcast page on Facebook. www.facebook.com forward slash the Adeptus Terror podcast and the Adeptus Terror Podcast Community Safe Room Facebook group, www.facebook.com forward slash TATP Safe Room. You can also connect to them on Instagram to see some of what they get up to in between episodes at the Adeptus Terror Podcast. Give these losers a break and please give them a like and a follow. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome back. This is our final segment um, and uh, this time we thought we'd just have a bit of fun together. So uh, I've kind of scoured the internet um, as well as my own brain and come up with some 40k would you rather questions um, and we're just going to share those. I think Sam has not looked at them at all, 
Neil may be reading through them right now. I <laughs> didn't realise, and so I did scroll through them. That's so not a, a few problem. Of them, but it's... Yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the... simple would-you-rather. So the, the idea of a would-you-rather question, for anyone that's lived under a rock and somehow now listening to this um, podcast, is you get given two options and the answer is what one you would rather do. Um, and we're just going to shoot through the 15 I've got written. Most are based in-universe, as if we were part of the universe, things we would rather do or be for example. Um, but there are some kind of real-world hobby questions in there as well. Okay. Um, yeah, and then if we get to the end really quickly, then we can always come up with some new ones. Sure. Uh, but yeah, so let, let's just jump straight in with a first one. So I guess you're... It's up to you. You could be a space marine or guardsman. What would you rather fight? Tyranids or orcs? Orcs. Okay. Only because, right... I feel orcs are very upfront about it. Okay, yeah. Like you can, you you know you're going to get kicked by an orc, right? Yeah. And you know they're going to come towards you, shoot you, chop you, that kind of stuff, right? Tyranid would be terrifying. Like yeah. I take this from a, I take this from a position of being a human. Like yeah. I don't want to be a superhuman. I don't want to be yeah, a space yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I if my world was being invaded, I'd much rather be invaded by orcs than by tyranids because I feel like tyranids would get me when I run. Or get me when I walk through at the bottom of my road. There's like a, an alleyway. It takes mm-hmm. you to the next road. <laughs> they get me there. Like tyranids are far more terrifying than orcs. Orcs, like I said, very upfront about what they're going to do to you. Tyranids, I don't want to become a. In, I don't want to be added to a gestation pit or whatever to become food. I I would imagine that you could potentially, very very limited reason with an orc. Yeah. Whereas you definitely couldn't with a Tyranid. Yes, very true. So I would true, rather fight true. an Orc and have the, the chance of being able to possibly escape. Yeah. Or hide. Or hide. They're I, not the brightest creatures. No. I'd see them like a cave troll. You know the cave troll from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could not outrun them at all the time, but you could kind of out get out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As yeah. a small human. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely no way Tyranids. That would yeah. terrify. It'd be like aliens. It would be like being on the ship in Aliens. Yeah, that's just like one. Like, there's like a hundred thousand running over. at you. Yeah. Oh the, god! Can the scariest a... thing for me is that like you could run around a corner, you could run away, you could get in a I don't know a flyer and fly off pla- planet almost. There's still tyranids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they are just everywhere. They're in the skies. They're in the ground. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. it's very very hard. Whereas again, yeah, orcs. I feel like they make a lot of noise, and you know roughly where they're coming from. They don't ever have like a stealth assassin orc. Whereas a Tyranid, you could walk, you know, you could be in the tallest tower, nowhere near the fighting, and then there'd just be an invisible lictor, like the predator in your room and you not know. Like Yeah. Also you... I feel like Tyranids would you know, uh, incapacitate you and then just leave you to be eaten alive by like rippers or something. Yeah, to because add to they're the about, pits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, efficiency rather than like, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah. That said, an orc is no walk in the park and very, very scary. You know, they'll pull your limbs off for fun. They'll cook you alive over a roasting fire like they do in Rin's world. Yes. Like, there are some very, very scary things about the orcs. They I have... just feel they're a lot more upfront about it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like, okay, sure. They're, they're, they're a li- at least they're a little bit honourable, right? Yeah. They want a good fight. They, they're not going to use sneaky beaky tactics yeah i think there's something because they are humanoid 
in terms of they have language, they walk on two legs, like they feel similar and that makes you in a weird way feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. like an animal that is not speaking any language and is just going to eat you. It's like being dropped in the ocean, the shark will eat you and you won't know where it's coming from and it'll get you. And it may be quick, but it may not be. Mm. And that's what I feel about the Tyranids and why I would rather uh, fight orcs than, than Tyranids. Uh, yeah. I agree. Ugh. Cool. Right, next. This is interesting. Would you rather be afflicted by the wolfen or the red thirst? Okay, go over the wolven part. So wolfen is um, where you kind of lose your mind somewhat. Now, I'm going off the kind of classic wolven. So you basically are becoming a, a werewolf who doesn't recognize friend from foe and will murder anyone anywhere near it like a caged beast. Um, so you're an eight-foot-tall werewolf with claws who will just you know eat to survive. You, are a, you become a beast. Um, now the kind of m- more modern 40k wolfen is there is some semblance of themselves they know roughly where they've been or who they were um, and can be reasoned with um, I don't particularly like the current f- space wolf floor where they're now like oh here's a thunder hammer you can have armor and be a marine who's also a werewolf mm. like that I do not like Um I like kind of, yeah, like the Space Wolf Omnibus Wolvens. You know, they are, their armor's cracked. They're, fought, you know, they're um, been surviving in the Eye of Terror. They vaguely recognize um, friend from foe, but they are very, very bestial. Um, also seen as, you know, heretical to every, anyone else that's not a Space Wolf. Or the Red Thirst, which as our Blood Angel player... Do you want to describe the Red Thirst? Do you mean... This leads into the Black Rage. Yes. Okay, cool. So you mean you actually mean the Red Thirst then over, I think over Black Rage? falling to the... Yeah. So the Red Thirst... The Red Thirst is when um, Blood Angels... They have this like drive called the Red Thirst um, and they are trained to to not allow it to take over them, to to, to to descend into uncontrollable madness. But there's just like a little strong urge to drink blood of the enemies, which then it grows a little stronger over the solar decades. Um, and eventually they succumb and then fall to the Black Rage, which is the, they believe they are Sanguinius killing Horus. Um, in that fight. In right? that fight. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they go full Black Rage. So Red Thirst is kind of like, a preamble it's like a bit of anger with a bit of need to drink blood and like uncontrollable like desire so i would say in that sense as long as you can keep it in check the red first is far better than the wolven yeah if you were talking about the full like the whole journey down to black rage as well then it's a possibility right like I, this isn't like you have the red thirst but you also have all the training so you will never fall like yeah. that's like a extra you're adding on yeah, you yeah. are afflicted by the red if thirst. it was just now like just me in yeah. this presence and i had the red thirst um would you want to be a werewolf or would you rather just yeah. like to drink I mean, people's blood the werewolf thing is with wolfen is also a gradual thing yeah, yeah like it's not like you go oh i'm suddenly really angry bang I now have no idea who anyone is. Yeah, yeah. It's like a gradual 
fall to madness. I think that's worse though. That's like dementia, right? It's the kind gradual, of, I guess, yeah. like mind being eaten away. Yeah, while mm. becoming like super, super strong and able to like slice through ceramite with claws, I, which is kind of crazy. I I think that would be scarier. Yeah, because I think you probably inside still are conscious and still are aware yeah and actually yes. you just can't control so they t- it they do talk about it being like this in turn you're at war with the beast yeah, yeah. is as it you know and you almost have to in battle space wolves have to kind of try and hold themselves back a little bit otherwise they will give in to the wolfen mm. and then kind of go a bit battle crazy and that's the first steps into becoming fully fledged werewolf i'll eat a space wolf's face as well as anyone else's yeah. Um, that's like the very end, like Black Rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they are both gradual. I think you are right. I think Red Thirst is maybe more socially, avoidable. Socially acceptable. Well, amongst amongst your own people, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you just suddenly start drinking someone's blood in the midst of battle and you're standing next to Mr. Salamander, he's not going to be that happy about it. Yeah, I think I'd rather go with the Red Thirst. I think... I think eventually you get to the point where the Black Rage and then Astrath just... Then you're just mental, though. Gets you off. Yeah, so. yeah I suppose you're just mental and then they end you. Yeah, yeah. Or you're put in a position where... But the Wolven are kind of like... They're le- left to go and live their lives as a beast. Yep. Yeah, no way. Oh, I'm okay with being murderized. I think that's it. In the, I, in the, I'm going to go Wolven just I'm because... Actually, I'm actually going to go Wolven as well. Really? Oh. I don't what, know. What, what tips the edge for you? I, just, I don't know. It's just... I prefer werewolves over vampires. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Team Jacob? No. No, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. We don't care about that. Uh, that was Trashy. our uh, doubles. That was yeah. our doubles um, title when Trashy. we went to play the end of, was it fifth? Yeah. End of fifth. So we were at Warhammer World for the release of sixth uh, doubles tournament. Yeah. And he brought Blood Angels and I brought uh, Space Force. Yeah. And we were um, I would I, like Twilight. To that was I would, I would like Couldn't to go. Couldn't even remember the name. I would like to go to another Warhammer World event. I would. It's a good reason to go to Warhammer World, right? Yeah, you yeah. can tick it in. You know you're getting games. You can do the um, display fun, cool area. What do they call it? The Miniatures Hall. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a weekend in Nottingham with friends is always fun. So yeah, mm. I'd, I'd be up for that. I'd be up for something similar, like a doubles where you're playing with someone. It's a bit more chill. That would be really cool. I mean, 10th is coming. You never know. Oh, joy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think just, yeah, n- none of this sparkly vampires rubbish. Just old school werewolves, scary and losing your mind and you just possibly don't know. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I think I'm going Wolven, yeah. So, next one. Would you rather be blessed by Nurgle or by Zinch? Ooh. What's the difference? So, Nurgle is our pestilence demon. So, you're all covered in pus and you're, you're, you're evil rotting, and rotting. But and, you're super strong. But you think it's great and you're super strong. And you're like, yeah, you're almost impervious to any pain and you're very hardy. Or... Zinch, which is like magic power, psychic spells, mutations. But you're like a tentacle monster now. I do like magic. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I I fit Nurgle much easier. It's, it's gluttony and laziness and just being slow in general. It kind of represents me already. <laughs> I'm halfway there. <laughs> I don't want to be a tentacle weird like monster with four mouths and like I don't know. I think I could deal with the flies buzzing around me and, you know, just 
being a bit oozy. Ah, oh, that's all right. <laughs> no, I think magic. I, 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 I think it's a lot cleaner. And, <laughs> it um, is certainly a lot cleaner. <laughs> it's a lot cleaner. I don't, I don't really want to ooze or have lots of flies. Like flies are super annoying yes. when they're like flying near you. You get used to it. So I, I think, <laughs> I think tentacles. Hey, people like that kind of stuff. Yeah, tentacles and <laughs> tentacles and magic, boy. I'm going with magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It's yeah. cleaner. It's cleaner. Yeah. Less to clean up. <laughs> True. Well, I don't know. It depends if you burn stuff and it turns to... Yeah, but can you imagine mm. sitting in an armchair where you're oozing pus and then have to get out and be like, oh, another armchair gone. Everything, you everything you wrapped in plastic. Everything would be like... Be like <laughs> it would be like a Nana's house. Like, everything oh, wrapped in plastic and... Oh, yeah, no. Just the dripping. Ugh. Yeah. I think it's much more likely that that would be where I would be. <laughs> um, so, would you rather be a regular Imperial citizen... Just on a right. world. Okay, yeah. Or a human in a Tau Empire colony. Tau Empire colony. Human world. Okay, right. Give me your reasons. Okay, so. Okay. You will help me decide. Yes, we would be a second-rate citizen at that point mm-hmm. because we are not one of the, the Tau Var. You, you can, can t- argue that that's still better than being an Imperial citizen. However, you yes. Can, you can totally tell we're three white guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, class citizen, that's fine. We're going to handle that. <laughs> there is a fantastic uh, medical system, this, that, the other. It is effectively a perfect utopia. Apart from you're ruled by fish overlords that have minor mind control, so actually your thoughts aren't your own. Um, and also, you'd have to like constantly be aware of traps there's no proof that there is minor mind control <laughs> going on. There's no proof. <laughs> Just randomly not? turn up one day and now suddenly everyone's friends. I can also imagine, <laughs> right, they'd be the worst for like, well, you drop 3% efficiency and um, you're dead. Disappear. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a utopia for the humans that are part of the Tau colonies. So I see being a human in the Imperium as very similar to like... Um, Fifth element or Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah You're not paying attention to no. your forty K books, sir. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like fifth element, like everyone lives in giant hab blocks. Like remember the the the, yeah. the horror not the the crime book we read. They're all in like if you're not part of like You're the, in basically a cell. Yeah. The the extremeness that is like the, the, the heretical part or the forty K space marine part, you are basically just living on a world as a human getting on with your job that's yeah. very similar to here okay you wouldn't have a house you'd be in a probably an apartment you would eat not amazing food but you'd still have enough food um and you would just do your job so if you just did your job and got on with it you'd be fine for like 18 hour cycles and, <laughs> and like it's very very hard life yeah but no mind control and no traps and both of those potentially can happen to you. Yeah, but <laughs> have you I, heard of the Inquisition, I, I sir? Think, I think have you heard of chaos cults. Have you heard of Necromunda? On, it also depends <laughs> on what you're doing, right? You could very easily go become an enforcer, become a police officer. Yeah. Like you could live a very normal life as a human in the Imperium um, without the the fish overlords. Yeah, but I guess you can. The argument is you can do it, but you've just got fish overlords who probably are going to be a little bit easier on you than nah. the, the governor, who's also a human and potentially a chaos worshipper Corrupt. in the secret. Am I, am I poor? You're an average citizen, so probably. Average citizen, yeah. So average would be a bit better than the scum part. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you yeah, could yeah. turn to crime. 
Yeah, you could. You could become a ganger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely human. Like, I don't want fish overlords. Yeah, no, I think um, I think the fish overlords would be a little bit nicer what, to me. What gets me more I don't, about... I don't, humans I don't trust. What gets me more about the towel is the mind control. Yeah. Like, the, not mind control, the, the, the subtle persuasion of their presence. The propaganda. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I don't I don't like about Tao. Okay, fair enough. One of the things I don't like yeah. about Tao. I, I feel like you'd live potentially a bit more of a peaceful, less threatening life. So No, that's not true. I think it <laughs> They're is. They're at war with loads of people now. Yeah, yeah, but like their colonies are quite far detached and not rare. Like they're the ones doing the exploration and the attacks. Once you don't see humans as part of the fighting, I guess. Yeah. You are you are very You do right. get Talvesa uh Gravisa uh squads. So they do use human auxiliaries to create shield walls. To be the shield wall. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the greater good bang. <laughs> right, yeah. replace him, put the yeah. brick back in. <laughs> I think that if if I'm going off average Imperial citizen, average human in Tau colony. I feel like I've got more chance surviving it at the Tau colony. I I've don't know why. There may be a completely unbased statement, but that's yeah. just how I feel. So I, I think that's I where I'm going. I don't think it's going to be all rosy. I reckon it might be I don't be think like it's going to be all rosy, no. no. But I, I think, think I've got more chance to survive. I think it will be like in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, when they go to drop off that the the the, the Tesseract to the Collector. Yeah. And there's that world where they meet um, oh, uh, Groot. And nowhere. No, 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 that's no, where no, the collector um, is. No, no, sorry. The whether on in the first in the first film yeah. where they go and drop off, he drops off the ball to the 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 weird man with two chins. Oh yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then they that's where you meet Rocket and, yeah, and Groot. Gamora, and that's what I imagine a where they all home get world arrested. is like. That's quite nice. Yeah. Was it nice? It was right. I don't think it was that nice. It then yeah. had a giant planet dropped on it, but it's fine. <laughs> sorry, a giant ship dropped on it. I yeah. I just I feel like it's like it looks nice. But actually, as soon as you go one layer down, I think it's awful. I think it'll be yeah. the worst place ever. I feel like a regular Imperial citizen has a much, worse. M- much worse. But they have a purpose. You just do your purpose and get on with but it. But you'll have a purpose at the Tau colony world as well. Yeah. To, and I bet you barely see many Tau. To, They're to, not going to mix with the filth. Exactly. That's fine. I'm left to my You're own devices. You're a slave. You're a slave as an imperial citizen. Yeah, but at least you feel like you're part of something. No. Like, cool. You're more likely on. to become a servitor or Let's something. Let's move on from this onto oh, the next God question. No. Oh, talking about becoming a servitor. <laughs> yeah. I just read that. So would you rather be shipped off to Komara, to the Dark Elder home world place, or become a servitor? Servitor. Fair enough. I think at this point, I'm taking death and becoming a servitor. Yeah, like you get <laughs> you're lobotomized, you right? Get the old so you've got no, needle. no, no. You're not yourself. I've always wanted to make gains and have a a, a heavy bolter arm. So, <laughs> and then think about all the worlds you could see as a servitor. Well, you just aren't present. Are you? You're, you're dead. Okay. Think of all the worlds your body can go to yeah, as a yeah, servitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I, I feel I, like I'm gonna die in a much more horrific way in Comora. But I don't than... think you would die in Comora. I think you would be subtly abused for a very long time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like I would think but you will eventually Comera, die. But... Death in Comoro will be nicer because it will yeah. you'd be dead. Yeah. Like whereas the like imagine if they don't lobotomize you right and they just you you're still there and you're still witnessing everything. You just can't talk or do anything. <laughs> that would be so much worse. I'm still going with the servitor. Yeah, I'm, I'm still becoming Oh, a no, 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 no. I agree. I think I think the servitor versus things in your bum all the time like yeah. I think <laughs> I, I'm I'd take lobotomization. Oh. 
More of a nose person than a bum person. Next one. This is interesting. Would you rather shoot a las cannon or melt a gun? Am I strong? You're strong enough to like hold the weapon and not get like. But, I mean, murdered. remember you 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 can be a guardsman and shoot these things. So, yeah, this isn't like in combat or this is just. Oh, you go okay. to a shooting range and yeah. you can shoot one of these guns. I would be but more, only one. I would I would be more melt a gun because. I think a las cannon would scare the like bejeebus out. That's interesting. Of me. I'm the other way round. I, I think a melt gun. I'm much more likely to like hurt myself. Because a las cannon, you just got this big laser that's going to shoot a big hole over there. If it's the guardsman, a melt gun, well. I'm quite close to whatever I'm shooting. If it's the guardsman one, you also have the hands along the side of the barrel. Don't that's you? true. That so would yeah. You probably aren't going to get your hands hot. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, because a melt gun is like it turns everything to magma, doesn't it? It doesn't. It doesn't like explode, whereas I can imagine a las cannon causes more causes more explosions. Yeah, and the benefit of las cannons, you would be further away from your target. Yeah, yeah las cannons. I think, should, I think that's cannons, where my head is going. Las cannons should totally have a minimum range. Like that would fix las cannons if they had like a minimum twelve inch well, range. I mean, heresy went. Do you know las cannons? They're really <laughs> strong. Let's give him reroll armor pen. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Why and not put the points up? Are you mental? Again, minimum range would sort that. If you yeah. couldn't fire las cannons within twelve inches, oh. that'd be amazing. The problem is the board, even the six by four, you can get to twelve inches quite quickly. Yeah, I know. Like fixes las cannons, doesn't it? Mm. It makes the volkites more powerful. Yeah, anyway. which anyway. is definitely so not needed either. I think. I think if I was like. Imagine you go to those like tanks a lot. Do you remember I went to that tanks a lot day where you get to drive tanks around? Yeah. Mm. That, but with like space, like space moving weaponry as like a civilian. I think I would, I'd enjoy melting the side of a tank more than just pincer, like pinning it with a. Um, yeah, a, I don't know. I want to, I want to shoot. So in my head, I've got like five or six sheet metals in a line, it, like it's further distance away, and I'm seeing how many I can shoot a laser through. So yeah. you, then you end up with all these cool holes. Like, yeah. I, I think, I think like, that's ha- in my head what I'm doing. I think I'd go Laz Cannon. I, I'm Laz Cannon because I like this, the fact that I can stand back and shoot from a distance and not yeah. dirty my hands with <laughs> this close combat rubbish. Now, in combat, if I was had to pick one of these weapons from the armory, Laz Cannon, because yeah, I oh would yeah, be further away from things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to be able to be up close and personal and fire something, I'd like the melt yeah. gun just to see what it's like. Things melt. like like flamethrowers and stuff scare the hell out of me. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to drop it and set myself on fire. Yeah, like I just, I can't, I can't, I can't trust myself. Why? Why don't? Whereas a grenade launcher, awesome. Let's go. Why don't flamers get hot? Why don't flame flame of guns because like flamers get hot? Oh, sustained fire or something. As in, are you talking about in the rules? In the rules, yeah. Oh, okay. Why don't they overheat? Because well. the flame is in front of the gun. You. Yeah, it's, it's you're like firing it's, the material. The, 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 it's the spraying out. Over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It lights after it leaves. It's not. It's not. It's not starting in the barrel of the weapon. Yeah, but it's Promethean, right? Promethean's yeah. super hot. I mean, in any, if anything, there should be some kind of like rule, and this is where it gets slower, and you'd never put this in. But let's say after you fired it three times, you have to roll a dice, and if you get a one, the flamer explodes. And you place a large block, large blast over the the flamer holder. Yes. He's dead, but you roll for everyone that's in that you know explosion. That would be flipping be cool because so that's much more likely to happen. 
than it just get hot and burn the guy's hands. Mm. Sorry. Anyway, next one. Yeah. No, it's good. This is it's just a fun segment, really. A bit of time just chatting nonsense. So, would you rather be a librarian or a dreadnought? Dreadnought. So you're in a you're in a space marine chapter, all that jazz. Dreadnought. Dreadnought every day, because um, the likelihood of me accidentally causing a perils of the warp is quite high. Um, so yeah. like if you ever remember when I used Heresy to play librarians Bolter. yeah I don't know turn into a demon exactly whereas Dreadnought you've got there right so you've already had a long life and relatively long life and you've been deemed worthy enough to be put into a Dreadnought so I'm already a great guy plus I reckon I could start a cult <laughs> like I think with enough with enough sort of manipulation that's how Samabad starts I can start a cult I, I saved the Forge World of Mazoa uh, and renamed it Samabad yeah it's it's mine now it's mine so I reckon Dreadnought My plus belongs to me you get lots of sleep you get okay. woken up for the action yeah I mean you're a bit delirious and awful ah. and cranky most Dreadnoughts I ever come across are all like the waking up process is not guaranteed sometimes you just won't wake up that's fine. Sleepy. Yeah, I mean, again, you have probably lived a, a life long time. if you're in a dreadnought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Absolutely. need to achieve enough or before. I could be a blood angel librarian dreadnought. <laughs> no. And no. hybrid the two together. No, no I no. librarian to me is well too risky. Yeah. Um and the likelihood of me messing it up is very high. Whereas a dreadnought, I feel pretty safe in not dying too quickly. I probably will die. Yeah. I'll get melted I mean, to the face. But like being a dreadnought is is definitely <laughs> like a bit of a hor- horrific existence when you hear about it. Like you know, basically some little torso floating in some liquid, permanently in their little box. I think what you're saying is you're skinny. You, yeah. You get to float around. Well, who doesn't like being in water? Oh, I, I love swimming. Exactly. <laughs> you're living like the best I, life. Don't get me wrong. I I completely agree with you. There's no way I'm being a librarian and being targeted by Zinch and yeah. turning into some nah. eight-legged thing or ripped apart. But magic. Are you going to yeah. be a librarian? Yes. Librarian. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. No, no, what? No. Um, I'm a dreadnought. What dreadnought? Which which one would you want to be? Like which 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 which? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a space wolf dreadnought in the bottom of the fang. hundred percent. So you'd be a box knot. Yeah. What would you be equipped with? Oh, now now we're really going out there. Um, I would like a gun. I don't want just full combat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would. I think I would like a claw. I think two guns, and then you just like what got your weird little stumpy legs kicking. <laughs> like it just. I want a claw, so I've got a claw, and then oh, what'd I go for? Maybe a las cannon, you know. Okay. I think that, so, or, or something so like super close combat, super far range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or um, the combat, the combat arms there, just in case someone gets close to try and clamp a melt bomb on me, and I can mm. just go squish, squish, um, squish flame. Yeah, possibly though. Yeah. I think it would be really cool to have like an assault cannon or something, just being out, just walking forward, like just spraying everyone full of oh. bullets. That's kind of fun. But <sighs> I think I think I'd want to just be further away. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Neil? What dreadnought would you be inter- entombed in? What dreadnought? Oh, it'd have to be a um, contemptor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the skinny, skinny waist one. Yeah. Contemptor. Big gains on top, skinny waist. Yeah, you know, skips leg day every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awful to build. <laughs> awful to build. Yeah. Much better um, now. What weapon? What weapon? Two assault cannons. 
This will launch on the top. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Just, the, go, um, just uh, go ham at range. What was that used to be called? It used to have a whole unit type, didn't it? Uh, so you had a Contemptor and then you had the one that could have two gun arms. And yeah. then they just combined them together in this yeah. edition. It's funny how quickly you forget stuff. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. But yeah, just raking yeah. rounds and rounds down range and then, oh, something's flying. Yeah, Derrideo <laughs> would be cool though. <laughs> Derrideo would be a cool, would be wouldn't cool. it? So my, my option would either be a Derrideo, like Overwatch dreadnought, yeah, yeah. where like with the missiles, the yeah. the, the like, big accelerator cannons on the side, that kind of thing, or I'd be a Leviathan. I'd be a chunky. Yeah, I could. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be fine. I mean, I'm in eternal pain now. Yeah, I mean, all we've done is put him in a box and given him super strength to rip through walls. That's all that's happened. I had a really good moment the other day with some. We were talking about rheumatoid arthritis, and I was like, "Oh, what's it like?" I was like, "Do you know that scene from, um, what's it called? The scene where he's like, how do you? Oh, it's the Hulk. Like, how do you? Like, how do you turn? I'm always angry. Well, the thing is, you should always. I'm always angry. Um." That's what I feel like with pain. Like I'm always in some form of pain, <laughs> and and sometimes milder, sometimes yeah. in a small area. Sometimes, sometimes it sucks. Not. Sometimes it's just a normal happy baseline of pain. But yeah. there's always some level of pain. Yeah, Joel, I have that conversation with Jenny all the time because she's like awful, like the tiny little thing. She's like, ah, that's just pain. It's pain. I just get over it. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I really don't understand. Like, just pain is just part of life i don't know pain is pain is a feeling but anyway feelings are good it means you're (laughs) alive so i would pick probably the leviathan and i would go with the um what's it called the uh the accelerator you know the plasma oh grav grav accelerator there we go the grav oh the grav bombard yeah yeah. oh the grav flux bombard yeah yeah yeah. and then a giant pincer claw yeah yeah, yeah. just just but i want the sharpened pincer claws yes yeah rather than the siege drill you want the siege claw yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i don't want to i want to be able to like decapitate a human yeah yeah you won't just decapitate them you will quarter them yeah you've got uh, in your friend maker list yeah you have leviathans yeah two of them oh good (laughs) two excellent i miss i miss having a leviathan i honestly i am really excited one yeah i i I'm glad. Like I've, if anything, I've kind of pulled away from that stuff, and I'm doing kind of like the tanks. I, I thought about putting in like a Leviathan or some Contemptors to kind of raise my competitive edge, but I want it to be tanks. Yeah, you know. So um, I've got um, a Leviathan squadron, two of them, siege claws and melt guns, siege drill. It's definitely close combat orientated. Yeah, nice. And then Volkite culverins. Two Derrideos. I need to buy the Derrideos still, actually. Yes, they were the only new things left, right? Uh, yes. Um, the Contemptor is the Ancient Nathaniel, which is uh, the Interatius. Interatius. Can't say Interatius. Um, and then <laughs> Arch Ontas Origo is the um, is the Forge Lord. Okay. Yeah. Oh, for your Alpha Legion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was like, what are you talking for about? The friend, for the Friendmaker list. Anyway, yes. Dreadnought Body, Leviathan, yeah, yeah. every day. Cool. So... This one's bleak either way, I think. But um, you're in the Imperium. Yes. So you're, you know, Hive World. Living my whatever. best life. Yeah, you're on the Imperium. Making bullets. Would you rather be a mutant on that world or an un- unsanctioned psyker? Unsanctioned psyker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. This Fear is completely gone against what you just said about yeah, librarians, exactly. but yeah, yeah. Fear the you've mutant. got no training whatsoever. I, I, I don't want an extra anything. 
So yeah. I want to just be. A You're also human. potentially uh, going to be hunted by the black ships, and but then uh, if I'm taken by the to black be a ships, sacrifice for the emperor. But it, but that's that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is I become a sanctioned psycho. <laughs> then I get a stick and a visor and yeah, okay, all that okay. best life. Um, okay. No, I would unsanctioned. Take the psycho. risk. Yeah, yeah, and I would I would make make like get by by doing simple magic tricks like bending spoons and um, what, you're a killer? making yeah. things float and stuff like that. Like minor magic. I, I think you'd be killed magic. very quickly if you started doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. You, it's, you just rub the spoon and it gets okay, have you, have you, it. Have you read I, 40K books? Like, I, I just, as soon sorry. as you started making something levitating and an enforcer is just going to barge through the door and shoot you in the face. <laughs> no, I, lo- I like the fact that you think the worst thing that could happen is you get taken by the black ships and taken to be a sacrifice yeah, to not, the emperor. Not the other option, yeah, which is... Yeah. I am incredibly lucky. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not wrong, to be fair. <laughs> I'm he's, incredibly he's lucky. annoyingly lucky sometimes. So I think it, out of, if I had to choose between a mutant and a psycho, yeah. I'd be a psycho and I would be fine. No. I would be fine. Uh, I, I, I'd go the opposite. I would go mutant yeah. because I feel like I could find a little community of be, other mutants and, and just live a life. How would you be mutated though? I don't know. I mean, this is where we start to break down. Would you rather questions? But Reptile I skin. I'm I'm mutated enough where like I can't just live in society. Big mouth on your stomach. No, like I'm thinking like maybe I don't know like uh, extra arm. Yeah, like something like that. Like you are you are malformed, extra limb, or like I don't know something that like you yeah. couldn't just walk down the street. You will okay. be instantly like murdered. Third eye. Sure. Third eye would be easy. You just make yourself off to be a navigator. Yeah, and then, and then. <laughs> like, yes, I could see the warp. That foul for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mutant. What would okay. your mutation be? I don't know. Like freakishly strong, but tiny legs. I have a tail. A tail. A tail could be hidden. I'd be. I'd be interested in a tail. Okay. But a tail you could do stuff with. Be like, oh, I want to yeah. pick up the remote control oh, yeah, from fully. the floor. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like either like a monkey tail, that kind of style, okay. or like alligator tail, like strong, like you could use it as a weapon. So really, then you'd be like a touch touch mutant. You would be like a full mutant. Yeah, like yeah, you're still humanoid, but you are clearly something different, and yeah. it's not easy to hide. I think is the point. Yeah, like yeah. you could be discovered and murdered any day. So yeah. I, I I'd try and take myself off into like the sewers and find a little com- community of people the same. And but you're not like Hell Hellboy with horns and red and no, I guess club arm no. And no. Stuff. extra extra arm, extra weapon hand. You know, oh, okay, yeah, cool. like yeah. a gene stealer cult. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be the just start of the gene stealer cult. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be fine. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's I say safer. Both probably end up very bad deaths, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. as unsanctioned psyche, you've got to tiptoe so carefully. You could get possessed by demons, or I would turned into a demon spawn. I, I think I would. I no, I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be okay. I mean, Always land on my feet, me. So oh, here we not go. Right. About being transformed. To we're, we're into some of our more hobby-related would you rather's. Okay. Yep. So would you rather only be able to collect one army, but to any size, or be able to collect any army, but only up to a thousand points worth of models? So once you hit a thousand mm. points, you cannot ever buy anything for that army ever again. I one 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 army. One army. I would have... Single trick pony. I think I would also, right now, 
it's pick alpha alpha legion, legion. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 pick alpha legion and have like a tank force have a contemporary yeah force. i mean yeah you, you there's no ceiling there's no limit oh yeah i mean other than your own income like general life yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, but, yeah. we're not getting everything yeah. but can you imagine that like i could get an alpha legion um like uh thunderhawk or yeah. i could get like a couple yeah. of maybe titans for alpha legion yeah yeah i mean like everything you currently have is gone so sang's gone blood angel's gone mechanicum gone i've been i've been touring with the idea of getting rid of anyway like make some space on that shelf yeah yeah for more alpha legion more alpha legion (laughs) that's fair enough yeah do you know what funny enough i think i would now go for the thousand points really because you'd probably start playing i'd probably get more games I'd have variety, which would be fun. And I can choose anything. Like, it's future-proof in some ways. Like, they bring out this really, really cool thing. Then I can choose to do that. Whereas you are completely locked off as soon as you've got the one trick. You know, like, so when we started, I had thousands and thousands of points of Space Wolves. Mm. And I loved them. And sometimes I go, oh, man, like I've barely got any Space Wolf models now. But I have got an ultramarine tank company i have got some tyranids i've got a few orc models i've got models you know i think having thousand points of anything trumps the ability to uh, have a load of one thing i i i do think a thousand point games i just think everything could be zm force like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the disciples of the flames i could do those yeah. Just because, maybe, I, oh, what do I do? That's what well, we should do. Maybe we should just ditch everything and have a thousand points. <laughs> yeah. Or just thousand points. sell point, all my tanks now, just, shall I? Thousand <laughs> point, yeah. Just thousand point forces. Yeah. So, like, do a thousand point contemptor force. Well, it's like five, but yeah. But that's, that's funny enough, like, um, you know, probably have mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, Simon in particular is kind of like, oh, you know, let's, let's play some Lord of the Rings. I think that would be something I'd love to do. And that's like 750 points. And I'm looking at doing Ents. There's six models. Yeah. You have six models you're not going to paint. Yeah. yeah. Or play. Which is why I haven't invested in anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it's just that kind of like, oh, maybe there's something in this skirmish stuff. <laughs> maybe. I, I just... But having a collection is so fun. Like putting those tanks on the table was super enjoyable on Wednesday. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to do that with a thousand points. All, all three of our army, sorry, all six of our armies were painted. Yeah, I had a, my two rhinos were unpainted. Uh, uh, and some of Ryan's weren't painted. Yeah, yeah, oh, like yeah six like or seven or three. Dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, well, most mostly. None of you are as good as me then. Mostly. Um, Neil? Uh, I would go with one army and have all the toys of the army all the yeah. toys because then you've I still could... got to buy them paint them yeah, it doesn't matter play them if that's the only thing I'm focused on hang on you only have one army well he has like eight but they're all like figuratively most of them are still in boxes I have <laughs> I have three that are some form of force that I can put together that's so, painted so you have the Sallies the Salamanders you have your Tau I have my Tau and you have your Crimson Fists yes I forgot Do you still have Blood Angels? When we first met, you were a Blood Angel player. Yeah, no. They've kind of... Just been repainted. or But you probably still own those models, don't you? Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard you of selling anything ever. You should just go to his house and rob him. 
You'll <laughs> find all the assault marines. So you I need. have to find it first. Uh, I know, I know no problem. No, you have to find the stuff. No oh, problem. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just go when he leaves in the day. Have a whole day there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. Oh, he'll never notice these 10 assault marines that I need. He'd never know. <laughs> be like eight years later and he'd be like, where are those? I think you're going getting old now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all the models, all, all the models, models, thousand points. Yeah. Okay. I think I'd go for the variety. Um, Cool. Next one. Would you rather be able to paint at Golden Demon level skill, but only collect single miniatures, or collect anything you want, but paint like an average 10-year-old? So me, that now. Oh, no, now. Your painting's <laughs> much better than that. Uh, I'm talking like, you know, all right, average 10-year-old was a, an encapsulation of badly painted models. <laughs> but you could never play. And I'll, I don't know. No, you only collect single miniatures. So yeah, is a a hobby. So there's no playing. Nah, I don't like painting enough. I suppose mm, you no, could because you could like things like Kill Team are single miniatures. They are. Okay. And you know, so you have potential. It is difficult to be fair. But you could also play... like because you can't have a single minute. Like you can't have ten tactical marines. They're just painted differently. They don't count. Blackstone you Fortress. Could, yeah. Yeah, Blackstone, Hero Quest. I think it would definitely change the way... Like, I'd play more kind of box games. So, yeah, yeah maybe actually. I'd, I'd, Yeah, because that one, that would make my collection, what I own, much more streamlined. And actually, yes, I would stop pretending I play 30k and 40k and actually just play box games that I do play. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Hero and Quest. And they'd like, look really, really cool. They would look really, really they cool. They would look really good. Really, really good. Golden Demon level. Yeah, I'm mm. looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to Deep Rock Galactic board game. Yeah. Coming so here's my thing, right? And it's funny that I seem to be the opposite to you guys. I can't wait for the Deep Rock Galactic game. Um, Rock is, and stone. There's nothing saying I have to paint, right? So I can just play sprue sp- grey models for the rest no, of my life. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Uh, you can't get around it that way. I think I'd probably have to go single miniatures as well. I don't think I'd be happy, even though I could have a force and carry on the hobby like I currently do, I don't think I'd be happy to play those games with models looking that bad. It would frustrate me and upset mm-hmm. me and I'd go, wouldn't want to go to events because of it. And I'm not saying that people's armies that are like that, like I look down upon them, but I know what I can do now. So yeah. to take that massive That's... step back and then be happy with it, I don't think I could do. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'd have to go for the single miniatures. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. I do feel I want to concentrate more on single models mm. like I was it's never going to happen you've got like four army lists on the go yeah yeah like I was looking at Dynat earlier and yeah. play, like actually getting and painting up Dynat or getting the, the, the characters for each mm-hmm. legion and yeah, just that's spend a really time cool doing idea. it yeah yeah. yeah yeah I've got one in mind that I can give you that looks looks kind of cool right next question please the next question is would you rather play a minimum of four games a month but only have a sprue gray, gray models, so they cannot be painted. Or would you rather have a fully painted collection, but only play once a year? Sprue gray. Paint like the only reason I can say that I paint is because I'm going to events that require me to paint. I don't think that's quite true. You know, your statement earlier, like oh, when all six of us were playing, like all our armies were painted. Like there's that pride thing and the games look better. That army is painted for an event I'm going to next year. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, that's the reason behind you painting them. But I think you would still want... Before we were doing all this stuff, we were yeah. painting our 40k models because I, the games look better. I I think 
I enjoy gaming more than painting. Yes. Therefore, yep. the idea of playing one game a year would not motivate me to paint an entire yes. army. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I. So either rather... way, you end up with sprue gray models. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think having sprue gray models and painting and playing more, I would do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. also, that's that's the bit of the hobby I love, like hanging out with people, not sitting on my own painting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No, I 100% agree. The fact that I'd be getting four games a month guaranteed, like. I don't care if I'm using cardboard cutout models. Like I'm, I'm doing that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, I assume you're the same. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, maybe isn't the other one actually you? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not because I don't paint. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. So, that is true. That is true. Why, why have an army that I paint and yeah, play yeah. once, as opposed to actually, yeah, doing the thing. Doing the thing. Your problem, Neil. No, 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 no. You <laughs> care about, like, you could just spray all of your models purple and play, and it's still better than sprue grey. But you're like, no, I need to get the purple perfect. Yes. But I hate painting. <laughs> like, what? Yes. Just quick shave the whole army, you idiot. Like, it's, it's an oxymoron. Don't do it. Don't do it, Neil. You work on your purple. It's an oxymoron. Because yes. then when that one model is perfectly painted, you'll be happy. Yeah. Next to No, the, he won't. Next to he the won't, 60 won't be happy. <laughs> That's the problem. He won't be happy. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, we've got a couple more to go. Would you rather get a black library author to write a book on whatever you pitch them to create or be able to change or delete a rule in the game system of your choice? Change or delete a rule. Okay. I I misread that question when I looked at it earlier. I thought it was, I write the book. Oh, Um, no. I mean, well, you can make it that if you want. I'm not that bothered. Um, No. If it's I write a book, I'm definitely not doing that one. The only way, the only way, the only way it would be the latter, the Black Library one, would be if I could get to, what's his face, Gray McNeil, before he writes the last book and go... You mean Dan Abnett? Dan Abnett, yeah, same thing. Um, If I get to Dan Abnett before he writes the last book and and say, (laughs) the ending of the book is that Sanguinius survives. <laughs> he kills Horus and the Emperor and then becomes the new Emperor of Mankind just to see the salt roll from people's faces. Just That's a, such a massive retcon. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you, yeah, that would be unbelievable. Because, oh, no. <laughs> like, what, what's a Baden story then? Who's a Baden? He'd like, be dead. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I mean. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> Who's a Baden? You've just completely <laughs> rewritten everything. Yeah, I know. It's wow. good, isn't it? Yeah, I would do that. That's the only way. Just, I, I would make right, something you so, could do that. so says, monumentally different that it would ruin I mean, people. Yeah. History is rewritten written by the successor. So. Yeah, that is but true. But it'd be amazing because everyone's expecting this book to come out and be amazing. <laughs> and they'd just be like, last page what of the, the book. What the hell? The last like, page of the book would be and then Sangrenius raised okay. from the floor. So you have basically just like... <laughs> completely screwed and burnt down the whole 40k universe yep which is crazy when you think about it it's based oh, around like you do that little ch- like in some ways a little change <laughs> don't get me fine. wrong it's massive but yeah, yeah it just completely unwrites everything or or even better the emperor going to Horace's world where they find him and they look at him and go nah he's a wrong one and they just stamp on his head and kill him instantly <laughs> Just kill a forest straight away. It's like that, that <laughs> makes me think of the honest trailers on YouTube. Yeah. You've seen those, like yeah, the cartoon yeah, yeah. ones. The Harry Potter one, Snape just grabs the time turner from Hermione and teleports back and murders um 
Voldemort when he's a kid, when Dumbledore's there yeah. talking to him for the first time. And he's just like, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> he's like, what the hell? And he's like, You'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'd be good. Or, or even further back. And then when the Emperor's sitting there with that lady and go, I'm thinking about creating some, some sons. The lady goes, nah. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> just create these things called just, space marines. Yeah. And we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just go back and drink mm, on the entire game system. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could do that. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. I would do the other option, which uh, is delete a rule, and I would delete sweeping advance. Oh, instant death is still there, then. Of the two, of the <laughs> sweeping two, advance is sweeping the worst advance one. Yeah. annoys me more. <laughs> um, of, Fair of, enough. I'm going for the book. I don't even know what I'd get them to write, but just the creative ability to go, you know, like take Hivani Prime, for example. Yeah. I could go, do you know what? This is what happened on the first event. Write the first book about that. And I'm going to get you to do a trilogy and we're going to do three events. And yeah, yeah. you're going to tell the story of this little world and story that I've helped create. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool to know. We're very different people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's why it's why our <laughs> friendship works. <laughs> I, I took it in. How can I annoy people more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just per- personal pride and, and happiness. <laughs> no, is I what I went that. for. No, I don't care about that. Because <laughs> you, you ooze it. That's why. <laughs> I would get a black library author to write a book. What would your book be? And they say that the Tao travel back in time and wipe out everyone. No. And rule oh, the galaxy. God, no. That would be even worse if we con because Yeah, I, I'd rather have Sam's thing. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's awful. I... No, I'd get, I'd get a Horace Heresy, uh, Horace Heresy, a Black Library writer to... I'd pitch an idea to them that fitted in with everything that's okay. going on. No, you're too kind. I, I don't want to fit in. I want to I want to make some boys cry. Subtlety <laughs> of a brick. Yeah, this is a great one and a very quick one. Would you rather only be able to ever use super glue or plastic glue super for glue. your miniatures? Super glue because my my breeches are made up of plastic resin mix. So it would have to be super glue. You you can't choose between the two. It has to be super glue because well, I'm glad we have unanimously decided that super glue is the better glue. Exactly. Right, moving on. Would you rather own a Titan or a Stormbird. Which Titan? Are they made out of plastic? Uh, mm, Stormbird. So, re- no, mm, probably a Warhound, if I'm being honest, because that's probably comparable price. No, they're not. They're not comparable. Stormbirds are expensive. Hang on. Are they, they're not more than a Warhound. Okay. Are, sure? are these made out of plastic? No, no. The, no, no these are, the these are Forge World into. current kits. Um, oh, uh, I would pick the Titan because the likelihood of it being used in a game is higher than if I took the Stormbird. Mm. Um, and I, that kind of kit and that kind of price, I couldn't have it sitting on a shelf. It needs to be used. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Titan. Yeah. yeah. I want a Titan. I want a Titan so that I can turn it into terrain. <laughs> yes, I watched that video. Uh, how really cool was excited. that video? Have you, did you watch the video? So I posted it in Discord. It's bad tabletop time on youtube yep. they're a fun australian company do loads of crazy stuff and yeah, um, funny enough one of their last projects was um building a board around a stormbird oh is um, it yeah, yeah yeah it's like a kill team board and they built a hangar and the stormbird sits in the middle as terrain oh my god it really honestly that Maybe is I so want cool. a stormbird <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um <laughs> and a titan uh, hangar but yeah the, the, the one sam's talking about is i posted a link they've just started a project where they are legitimate Forge World Titans turning into terrain and there's about three or four 
two reavers and two warlords that are like blown apart, laid about on the table. It looks unbelievable. Like they've drawn it up on a computer and they're currently building it. It's nuts. So much money. It's absolutely... It, well, there no, are, it's, there being, are, it's being sponsored by a shop. And yeah, it's going, going to go a to, shop for all their table. I it'll believe. go to an event an first. Event. Yes. And then after the event, it goes to the shop. So really they're doing it for the shop. Yeah, 100%. They're not dropping that many thousands on something that they're not getting paid for. Or that just sits in a in a box, right? Because yeah, yeah. like, they're not playing on it. But, yeah, for, but it looks phenomenal. It's I like when we went to Forge World for that doubles event that we mentioned earlier, we played on the Fallen Reaver board. And I, from that day, I've always wanted that. Mm-hmm. And when they brought out the Crash Thunderhawk tile, I was hoping they'd do a Crash like Should Titan tile. They the, never did. The amount of things I should have just bought. Yeah. should have just bought it. Yeah, I should have. Back then, I would have had the money as well because I was not married, didn't have children. I could have easily picked that board up. But I went, nah, I need more Space Wolves, probably. Silly. Oh. Hindsight. hindsight is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, Titans across the board. Titan, Neil? Yeah, we'll go with yeah. the Titan because it's bigger. and. Yeah, I think a Titan would be cool. I think I'd use it more. Yes. Okay. Here is the last one. I think this could be an interesting conversation to round out our would you rather fun that we've been having. Would you rather have the Emperor miraculously return in the current 40k narrative or have most of humanity wiped out? So including Space Marines and so they are a small force, a bit more a la Elder surviving oh. race smaller like in the narrative so you know terror's overrun chaos either wins or or as the uh cabal predicted you know almost destroy each other and then all the xenos rise up and begin become more powerful you basically have these remnants of maybe a few of the like you could still maybe have baal and the surviving almost like all the chapters become shattered chapters so you have less space marines around. The Imperium humanity has been wiped off on a universal scale. There's all these little pockets. So they're still playable. You're not wiping all that out. But they are a minority faction, race, whatever. I think for the, rather than what I they are now. I think for the game... That'd or be really, the Emperor come back. I think for the game that would be really beneficial because it actually would then give equal weighting to the other races to actually have more than just one book. Mm-hmm. And one little model release. I think for the narrative, that would also be really cool because actually we'd see books that aren't just space marines and and humans. Yeah. Um, I do think having the emperor coming back would 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 lead to a massive surge in chaos, and then because chaos shouldn't be able to match the number of space marines because chaos is, is yeah. chaos. Um, they should then push more into like renegade guard and other. Um, joint forces of, yeah. of people. I think the danger with bringing the Emperor back, one, I don't massively like it in terms of narrative, but also, well, now we need to up all our power creep because the Emperor's got to be more powerful than kind of what's around mm. other than the fully blessed of all four Chaos Gods, yeah. which was Horus, which Horus still lost, but it cost the Emperor almost all his life force. You know, um, so to have him come back and then need some kind of equal for that to almost happen again? Or like, I don't know, mm. it, do, it just doesn't work, I think. Even in the current 
progression of you know Primarchs coming back and stuff. I just think you can't alter that. I think it would be really interesting, as you said, having humanity broken and you know like Space Wolves kind of stuck on Fenris, constantly defending and maybe sending out search parties to see who is still out there. Things like that. Like you could do some really interesting stories rather than having you know your thirteen great companies. You've got two or three max you know and like leaderships can change and you can raise up new characters who survived and they're trying to keep the legion together even though they're a trainee chaplain or whatever yeah. like you could do some really cool interesting things um and you could decide to either keep a lot of your first founding or have their end chapters there and actually one of the surviving chapters is something like the Lamenters or the Flesh Terrors. And the Blood Angels are gone, but the Flesh Terrors are almost holding that flame in memory of them. Like, I think you've got so many more options. Do you remember when we played 40k? and We played 40k? Is that did happen in the past. And yes. we were like, man, I wish they'd moved the narrative on. I never wanted that to happen. <laughs> like, I wish they kind of did the next thing. Now I wish they didn't. Now mm. I wish they went back and it was fine. And it was all normal and known and everything was fine rather than the great rift and the... the yeah, I, I, I struggle with... One, because I'm, I've am i not spent the time to really know it. Like, I'll hold my hand up. I'm sure there's some great stories in there and great yeah. characters, don't get me wrong. But I never really wanted Primarchs backed. I love that that was something unique to the heresy. Um, and mm. thing like, I, I would rather have some kind of retcon where, okay, you want to bring Demon Angron back or, you know, Mortarion back. Well, these new great heroes, maybe they find a relic. Maybe they build a, a half contemptor suit so they can match in strength. I'd, uh, I'd rather some kind of weird new way rather than going, oh, Gulliman's back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I just, uh, I, I find it really hard. Like, I genuinely liked the the clock at 11.59 on the 13th Black Crusade. Yeah. I loved that because you had your kind of set time that you were playing in. Yeah. And you and, and that gave me framework, which is probably what led me towards heresy because mm -hmm. it is a trapped framework. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not got. But yeah, so I think if you were going to do it, I'd, I'd want something that was universally upheaval and change the narrative for the entire universe which I think having most of humanity wiped out does. Mm. Well, whoever your big bad is, whether chaos reigns and, you know, or whether chaos is wiped in that, like, I'm not that bothered on the details. I just think that has much more interesting stories to dive into and characters that I could fall in love with than just Emperor's back. No, I like the Emperor. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm wiping out most of humanity. Yep. I would probably wipe out most of humanity too because be really interesting to see what they did with the tower on that you know well, response it just, it's not so much that it's the it's the tower it's the necrons it's mm. the um caradon yeah. overlords it's but you could find like the xenos human divide shatters yeah. because you need to survive yeah. so you could have space marine chapters that are brought into the tau sphere yes which would be really interesting like, I mean, game-breaking, probably, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'd yeah. have to work on that. But yeah, I just think, as a narrative, that would be much more interesting. Hmm. What yes. was your final say, Sam? Uh, Emperor. 
Because oh, you are bringing the emperor back. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be, yeah, yeah, emperor. Okay. Yeah, mainly because it will make people cry, uh, and yeah. also it w- that would be a fantastic leveler for how, like, if you think about space wings are like orcs, where they get more powerful with time. <laughs> so especially sorry, chaos space wings are like orcs, where they get more powerful with time yeah. because they become more blended with the the chaos powers. They become yeah. more kind of in there chaos and that. I think I don't think. I don't think loyal Primarchs should be able to kill demon Primarchs. Like, I don't think they should be on the same level because demon Primarchs are meant to be, in my opinion, stronger. Okay. So like now how Sanguinius has, as far as I'm aware, bested Horus in combat before. But because Horus was imbued with demon, uh, demon mm. powers, he lo- uh, Sanguinius lost. Same yeah. for um, a lot of the other demon, probably like demon angle. You do. I like what they did with the Khan and Mortarian. Right. So when we did the Battle of the Spaceport last episode or two episodes ago, whenever that was, um, Khan, when he first fights Mortarian, beats Mortarian. Yeah. Um, then when they fight on Terra, he still banishes Mortarian. He does beat him, but he's also basically carved in half by his scythe. Mm. Yeah. So they're meant, it's meant to be an uphill battle, right? And then they've had 10,000 years yeah. more to get stronger, whereas the, all these, all of these yeah, primarchs we, are coming war, back. Warpy time is not the same. That's how they retcon that. Okay. They basically went, oh, well, if you're in the Eye of Terror, it could be like 10 years. But it's been 10,000 outside of the warp. Okay, so but they have had time to get yeah, tracks yeah, of it, whereas yeah, yeah. the, whereas the um, loyal primarchs, what, Gulliman was in stasis, the lion's in stasis... Like the the lion's yeah inside the rock isn't he? But no one technically knows. No that. one knows what's wrong with him. But but they're coming out as if it was yesterday, not as if they've had ten thousand years yes, to have a, yeah. an epic rocky montage of training. Yeah. So I yeah, don't. And think... if anything, they're weaker than they were. Like Gulliman is can't ever leave his armor, otherwise he'll die. So they shouldn't be as strong as Demon Primarchs. So they need but you need a balancing. Oh, so yeah. you're you're saying if you just up demon Primarchs a bit, but then bring the Emperor. Yeah. But then the problem is everyone plays the Emperor. Everyone would have an Emperor model. I, I don't think we're gonna see that problem with like Horus Ascended, where everyone's gonna no. play Horus Ascended because of the points. And you just need to have a you need to, do they have the same thing in forty K where points limitations, like you can't bring in no. enemies. Oh. Well then fix that then. <laughs> if, if if the Emperor came into heresy, it wouldn't be a problem because I, he well, would, I think they will. He would be like a thousand points yeah. and then you would only be able to play him in like what, a it's got to be twenty five percent? Well, four thousand would be the minimum. Would be the play, minimum. Which is the same for Horus Ascended. Four thousand Which I think to be fair, there. right? You could just do your normal three K and then add in Basically, yeah. 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 No. Anyway, so you're bringing the emperor back, and we're wiping out most of humanity. Yeah, maybe cool. to give a different diversity to the answer. Cool. Well, yeah, uh, that was a bit of fun. Hopefully, you guys in, enjoyed our ramblings around what would we rather do or say or be. Um, if you've got any great ones, hit us up on the safe room or the Discord. I'd love to hear these random, funny, or in, intriguing would you rather questions based around 40k. Um, but yeah, we've got lots planned. We've got uh, episode 100 next month. Ooh. Ooh. Which is exciting. <laughs> 99.1? Yeah, 99.1, 99.5. We'll, we'll come up with a number so it doesn't have to be 100. But until then, 
we've got to take a quick break and come back with our yeah. End I was of like, that is not. That is not <laughs> I threw you this. off. Yes. <laughs> This product is rated H for hobby. Smashing through your computer screens and mobile devices comes a monthly hobby feast like you've never, ever, ever probably seen. Hosted on Google Hangouts, 8 till 11 p.m. Sunday nights, UK time. Three hours of hobby feasts and hard-fought victories. Are you strong enough to survive? Are you brave enough to achieve? Are you wise enough to attend? I guess we'll have to wait and see at the next Hobby Hangout. Our social media pages for specific hangout details. Sam and Matt sold separately. We do not take responsibility for any lack of completion of hobby or level That time. was done in real time. That was a, a, a hangout um, advert, right? It was, it was. Just here in the last 10 seconds there. Mm. Oh. Look out for new adverts soon. That's all I'm going to say. So, another episode done. 99 in the books. Um, 99! Before we go, we will do, as usual, give our what you can expect from us hobby-wise, what we're planning on working on as well as a reminder of the next Hangout date, which is the 26th of March, and will be from 8pm onwards. Um, I'll be hosting the end of Feb, which will be happening very soon after this comes out. Um, and I guess it'll be your turn in March? Yes. Cool. It's kind of so, good because Feb, I'm not here. So no, I can't really come home from the then. event and be like, oh, by the way, I'm now going to go on a home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even... No, we'd make it home. It'd be fine. <laughs> but yes, so um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the Hangouts. If you've never done those before, give it a go. You may enjoy it. Um, but yeah, hobby-wise, guys, what can we expect from each of us? Uh, I need to build and paint a Necromunda gang and a Necromunda home tile mm. yes. yes yes you do yes. For, to the chat. what like two weeks isn't it something like that no it's in March isn't it early March I thought it was like the yeah, first no, weekend in March. March yeah like so fourth. two weeks yeah two weeks <laughs> two, two weeks. weeks that's fine Necromunda is only like ten models true I can build and a home tile the tile is going to be the funnest and hardest part yeah and so okay yeah have fun with that yeah well, we won't go into that not while we're recording. Um, yeah, cool. So that's your your one focus. And obviously the event that you're going to. So we can hear about that. Yes. So that'll be good. And the Alpha Legion ride out yet mm -hmm. again. Um, for me, I'm, I should really focus on A Legion. I've got 20 tactical marines to build now. I bought some Mark VI when we went to Wayland. Oh. So I can build those to be my tactical squads for my ultramarines. Cool. Um, I also picked up some mountain tufts of the you know the little grass tuff things. Oh, okay. Um, army painter. Yep. Mountain yeah. tufts, I should say. 
um, and therefore my mining storage facility mm. board. So the, a few of the larger rocks that were put over the top yeah. and then painted um, have like broken off in mm-hmm. transport from the event. Yeah. So there's all these kind of little white bits that obviously where the rock was. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put tufts in those places to give it a bit of more character, a bit more life to the yep. board. Um, it seemed like an easy way to fix the problem while adding yeah. to the board. And then there might be one or two that I will just need to put some paint on, but I'm happy to do that afterwards, cool. you know, once they're in place, um, see how that goes. So yeah, maybe nice. I'll do that if I get a chance. That'd be cool. Cool. Happy days. Uh, I will progress on with the hunt for the perfect purple. Purple. Perfect purple. Mm, I'm excited to see them. If you do, bring them along. It'd be cool to see them in yes. person as well. If you get yeah. a couple of different ones or want the opinion of others. Yeah. Such idiots as me and Sam, we can give it to you. Yes. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, it sounds like we've all got projects that we want to uh, work upon and progress. Hopefully we'll have some of that to report back to you next month. Uh, as I said, it's episode 100. Um, so we'll be doing, you know, the episode will be pretty much the same. I think our final segment, we're going to have a community quiz based around the podcast's history and law, as it were. Um, and then a bit of a round table of us three kind of reflecting back over the journey we have been on. Um, so yeah, so hopefully you'll be looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to recording it. It'll be our last episode and we'll be able to put this to bed. Yeah. It'll be lovely. Yes, and then <laughs> retirement yeah. is going to And then be something else, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yes, until that time, I've been Matt. I've been Sam. I've been Neil. And this has been the Adeptus Terror podcast. Keep safe, guys, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to another successfully recorded episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast. Join the conversation on the Adeptus Terror podcast community safe room on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Adeptus Terror podcast or email at the Adeptus Terror podcast at gmail.com if you just want to chat to Matt. Thanks again.